0: everyone and welcome to a live spoiler review episode of the season finale of season one now we can say not series season one of loki from disney plus and marvel studios we are here on the geek buddies Again. We have been every week breaking this whole season down and oh mama is there a lot to talk Ooh, about on this episode we are the four who remain so we will be talking about it all throughout this episode thank you all so much for so many of us over, over so many y'all joining us live already so excited about that we're gonna get into every single thing that went on in that episode you know how we do we spoil the heck out of it. Talking the Easter eggs, talking the references, and then speculating about where in the blue blazes we are going next with all these timelines that have branched out. Everything is possible, and anything is possible now after this finale. But if you haven't seen the show, go and watch the episode, and come on back, hit play, and hang out with us. This is one of your last two spoiler warnings. But Let's introduce ourselves. Uh, I am the Outlaw John Rocha, writer, producer, and
1: host here on the Outlaw Nation. Mikey? I am Michael Vogel, writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies. Jan,
2: and this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor, where you may have seen me in Brooklyn Nine Nine, Silicon Valley, and Marvel's Agents
0: of Shield. Hey, and joining us every week, as she does, gracing us with her presence and her intelligence and her knowledge and her ability to break all this stuff down, the great Emma Five. How are you,
3: Emma? I'm, you know, I in this. In this universe, Mm. in this existence, I'm great. I can't tell you what's going on with all of my other variants and (laughs) all the various multiverses, but I I like to think they're having a great day as well.
0: (laughs) I would love it if like three different variants of Emma just showed up on the screen next to her. That would just be brilliant. (laughs) Absolutely brilliant. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, um, we're gonna go around the horn here and uh, find out what everyone thought about this overall episode, and maybe a little bit about the season as well. Or maybe we'll do that at the end. But we'll talk. the The floor is open, and we'll go one by one through all of us, and then we'll jump into scene by scene. This uh, uh, this episode, we'll break it all down. And ladies and gentlemen, the streamlabs and the super chats are open. So if you want to send in some streamlabs and super chats to to ask questions of us. We will read them on air, uh, and the address is right above uh, our heads there, or right above my head there, and then it's also in the uh, description of this uh, video, and I will pin it to the chat. So, let's go around the horn here. Uh, Michael, your thoughts. Uh, this
1: episode, for all time, always. I am so happy. Mm. I, I'm just happy. <laughs> like, I can't... like there <laughs> For so many reasons, I'm happy. Um, I... Am actually surprised. I'm not like actually, I'll say this back. I'm not surprised that this is a divisive episode. I was very kind of surprised. Oh, at yeah. First. Like I, I got through this. I was so thrilled from top to bottom. I was like, holy shit, we're at a whole nother level of storytelling here. And then I started talking to some friends. I know a lot of people felt like it was too talky or it wasn't what they wanted or they we didn't focus on Loki and Sylvie enough. And I. Did not feel that way at all about anything, mm. and we will dive into the specifics of why I didn't feel that way. But I felt so satisfied, and also I feel like I didn't know that I was suffering from Mephisto PTSD oh. post WandaVision, uh-huh. but I clearly was because mm-hmm. when those elevator doors opened, this rush of just like, yeah, I was like, it was like Elle Woods and Legally Blonde, like, I was just like, yes, yes. yes! um it was great i i thought it was so fascinating i think you know after so many times we've talked about this with black widow we've talked about this with wandavision that marvel does have a tendency that no matter what they do their third act tends to be a giant special effects epic action bonanza which i personally don't hate but to see them go so intentionally in such a different direction in such a crazy way and introduce uh this next phase of the Marvel Universe in such a bold way, while at the same time telling such a touching and emotional story about Loki and Sylvie, I was all about it. I can't yeah. wait to talk about it. I am stoked. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great points,
0: Mike. Emma five. your thoughts as, uh, as you think back on this episode as a season finale, but also all that it laid out for us.
3: I mean... I thought there was absolutely no way in the world that they were going to introduce the character of Kang, who we know to be a major character in the last episode of a show that was about Loki. I was like, there is just no way that they are going to be able to introduce this character and still wrap up this season in a satisfying way. And I'm so delighted to be wrong. Uh, <laughs> holy moly, Jonathan Majors is oh, just, yeah. I loved him already. But i, I t- this was like another level for me. I just think mm. that he's so, so talented. And I feel like I was one of the people that was not super disappointed about the lack of Mephisto in WandaVision. I was very glad that it was very much her story. And Agreed. I agree yeah. that with loki though it works super well yeah. i mean the it, they literally lay it out for you in what is it episode two or three whenever the the first episode that sylvie's introduced and in, when she literally says to him this isn't about you yeah. um and it's it's not and the whole exploration of the idea of the devil you know beats the devil you don't and mm-hmm. the balance of chaos and order just i i thought it was extremely well done i fully Respect people's criticisms that felt Mm -hmm. like it wasn't enough about Loki. All of that is 100% true, but for me, it really worked.
0: Yeah, great point. I mean, uh, and we're going to find out later on as we talk about it. Somebody should have heeded their lesson as well. This isn't about you.
3: Mm -hmm, And we, you know, mm -hmm. it's so
0: interesting to explore that. It's going to be fun to dive into that with her character and the things that she did. In that Lady Loke Sylvie did in this episode for sure. Shannon, what did you think overall about this episode? What do you walk away from this episode feeling? What's your overall thoughts on this one?
2: I mean, my feelings are very similar to Emma and Vogel's. I mean, mm. it was one of those things that I know we had talked about it leading up to, to the last episode. Like, yeah it sure seems like they're laying out Kang, but. We were so sure that Mephisto was showing up. Yeah. yeah. So well, not I was like well, not that's
0: not. We. That's a. Not oh, we. you were oh, okay. too. Okay. okay. There were a
1: couple okay. of you who were really All right. adamant.
2: All right, yeah, revision is history. I'm saying, go
1: find... Okay. I gotta go. I gotta go dig up. I gotta go dig up the files on Hayward Island, oh, island. and like read back <laughs> the transcript. <laughs> oh, in
0: Hayward Island. That's fair. That's fair. I have a condo on Hayward Island, but yes, go ahead. yes.
2: But as as Vogel said, the moment those elevator doors opened I was like holy shit they're doing it holy yeah. shit they're yeah. doing it fantastic mm-hmm. um i do and and as Vogel one and i have both already said like i understand the critique i mean mm-hmm. a lot of people looked at this as an info dump as a uh as a uh telling and not showing and it's kind of like i don't know how you show all this like this to me this was a necessary uh info dump but also for me i love watching great actors act and yep. I feel like that's that's what this was. I mean, it's just watching, and it and it wasn't just Jonathan Majors. Jonathan Majors no. was amazing. Right. Just watching uh, Loki and Sylvie, just watching mm-hmm. the the reactions of like, no, 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 this can't be right. Yep. There was one thing I was disappointed in. We'll get to that later. Okay. It was something we didn't get. I'm hoping maybe we'll get it in season two, though. But overall, I thought this, I thought it was fantastic. They totally stuck the landing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So here's what I'll say. I overall, I loved it. I watched it again just before, for a third time, just before we started this show. Cause I just wanted to let it sink in wanted to marinate, you know, our friend Mark Sloan, very adamant, sent me 45 texts last night about how upset he was about all the talkie-talkie at the end of this thing. But I had no problem with it. Like you all, I loved it because Jonathan major's character is so vibrant, so unique, so different. So what you're not used to seeing, On screen, when it comes to a character like this, I mean, we were so used to, I will control and kill the galaxy. and We're used to all of this. Jonathan Majors is a completely, it's a nerd who has taken over the world or the galaxy. And so he's going to have unusual characteristics, unusual approaches, very funny, weird moments of explosion in terms of, of, um, of emotion and all of this. So I loved it. I thought it was a blast. And I really enjoyed that we got to slow down and kind of explore what was being talked about, what was being laid out here, and where we might be going. And all these different uh, uh, he-who-remains or Kangs or variants, all of this is going to blow the minds of everybody going into the next phase of the MCU. And, oh, there was also enough time to build character work, more character work with Loki, more time to build character work with Sylvie, and more time to build their relationship up, uh, sh- ship up to that moment, that kiss. So, I mean, so much working here and then Mobius and then finding out more about Rabona. All of this was perfect to lay out. And, of course, when that stamp happens, that there's a season two, that lets you know they were laying the groundwork just like any good season one finale does get you hooked enough to come on back for season two. So very, very smart the way they did this thing. But, of course, we take your complaints. We take your concerns. If you got those, send them in on Streamlabs and super chats as we go through this conversation for sure and thank you right off the bat to ray dominguez the for dropping in a little bit of support on the super chat thank you very much uh
1: all right any final words where we start well Fine. i did want to say one thing just on the yeah. jonathan majors and, and on the talkie-talkie of it all because obviously yeah. that's well we'll continue to talk about it but just yes. right off the top i want to say uh what i found so fascinating about this and we'll get into specifics when we get there but uh, when you write a scene like this, like any scene like this is about power. Any scene with right. any character, is like who has the power in the scene and who doesn't. Right. And what we're used to in superhero movies is power equals strength. Like Thanos is right. the ultimate example of that. Thanos is huge, he's imposing, he's a yep. badass, he's got an entire armada. So when he comes in, say at the beginning of Infinity War, the way mm-hmm. that he shows power is, right off the bat, he fucking kicks the shit out of the Hulk. So, like, power mm-hmm. is very physical. And I think yeah. that, like, that is what we are accustomed to. What yeah. I found, honestly, gripping in this episode is that Loki and Sylvie, who are basically two Asgardian alien gods who live mm-hmm. thousands of years and are pretty powerful in the realm of Marvel Universe like, who's powerful, who's not right. go into a room with someone who is so much more knowledgeable so yeah. much ahead of the game, so, has so much future technology, has so much everything at his disposal that there's no need to fight. They are literally not a threat to him. He is that much more powerful. This is a yeah. guy who, as amazing and quirky and weird as he is, this is a guy that wouldn't give a shit if Thanos was in the room. The infinity yeah. gauntlets in the first episode are already shown to be nothing. like this, yeah. He's so powerful that even though nothing is happening, watching them all stand there and talk to me, and I I totally hear you if it wasn't your cup of tea, to me, was actually gripping. Yeah, I agree with you. It felt like there was action happening without
0: action happening. And that's the... That uh, that's the mark of good writing and good acting, as as we've said, all all four of us for sure. Uh, all right, let's get into it, and uh, remember, keep sending in your streamlabs super stream chats as we go along. We've got a cat visiting us as well, which is yes, great. My I love cat's
3: it. Got a lot of opinions about uh, <laughs> Jonathan Majors' performance. I dig it. Really I dig it. it lo- he loved it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, this one is called "For All Time Always." Writers: Michael Waldron, Eric Martin, Bisha K. Ali, and of course, the director, Kate Heron, doing a fantastic job here. We start with a new. Debut or the debut for a new Marvel opening motion logo with audio clips from all the movies from the previous three phases and some of the TV shows that we've already experienced. And it starts in the first few seconds with an audio of the song It's Been a Long, Long Time, which is the dance the song that Stephen Peggy danced to or Stephen, uh, yeah, Carter, uh, Agent Carter danced to at the end of Endgame. Then we go into a quick montage of audio clips from our real lives mixed into Marvel clips, clips, so it creates almost like a huge main timeline in the middle of space. We hear Neil Armstrong, we hear Nelson Mandela, we hear all these people mixed in uh, with our own uh, uh, Marvel characters speaking their lines from the movies. Then we cut to Sylvie and Loki outside the castle on a floating piece of rock in space. They walked up to the front door of it. Then they have an exchange about how to go through it. You can tell Sylvie's kind of the moment is big here, and she has taken just a second, and she says, give me a moment. I don't know what I'm going to do. She has a back and forth with Loki to kind of process what she wants to do in this situation. And before she can make a move, the door opens on its own. They walk in to a main lobby of sorts, and then bang! I had a jump scare. I literally jumped <laughs> out of my chair because Miss minute showed up. She says, hey! And I'm saying, and just jumped out of the chair she shows up she welcomes them to the citadel at the end of time now the citadel at the end of time is taken from thor issue number 245 when thor jane and other the and the other asgardians traveled there uh and we'll get into the names of he who remains and all that how that factors in but miss minutes is said to live in the citadel herself so that fits for what we got in the comics she congratulates them commiserates with them on their awfully long journey. He's. He, he's she says he's impressed, he who remains. Uh, he created all and he controls all at the end. He is all that remains. And then Miss Minutes pitches them a deal, something we haven't seen her do yet. Uh, and she pitches them a deal. And the TV, she says the TVA will continue, and then Loki and Sylvie can have the life they always wanted. Loki, you, Loki, you get the chance to beat the Avengers in New York and kill Thanos and get the Infinity Gauntlet, and have the throne of Asgard, be the king of Asgard. Sylvie, you get to wake up tomorrow with a lifetime full of happy memories. Two Lokis in the same place, together on the timeline. She says he can make it happen. Sylvie's emotional, says it's fiction. Loki says we write our own destinies now, and Miss Minutes, ever ever the one to get the last shot in, says, oh, sure you do. Good luck with that, and then spins on out of there. Mikey, what a start. Talk to me.
1: Uh... First of all, if I ever get married, uh, that song is going to be Ugh. the song that I dance to. Right. I That song hits me right in the feels. And when that started, I just had like a... Ooh. I had I had a reaction. Like, I was like, ooh. <laughs> uh, and then, I mean, like, just what a way to open this thing up. I mean, it really... I know that, like, technically... Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home closed out phase three and that yeah. all of these shows have been part of phase four and Black Widow is part of phase four. But to me, this felt like the penultimate, or I'm sorry, the ultimate moment. Like this was like, we are, this is the timeline that we know. And they mm-hmm. kind of took us along and by mixing in the real life people like Greta Thunberg, Neil Armstrong, like you said, along with like, uh, you know, Loki saying we have a Hulk and Ant-Man and yeah. Hank Pym and just every little bit of it it felt like this was the, hey, this is your last chance to see it the way it was or to hear it the mm-hmm. way it was because nothing is ever gonna be the same. Like it was just yeah. a great way. And then for that to sort of transition into that shot of space and everything and Ooh. kind of could take us and to see that timeline, to see like sort of what we've been looking at on all the TVA monitors, but to see it like fully come to life, like it was just a great way to be like, oh, here we go. Um, Sylvie and Loki outside I thought was great I think it was really important to show that Sylvie's really nervous right now Mm -hmm. because I don't know if anybody's picked up on this but a Loki's glorious purpose Kind of a big deal in this series. <laughs> and uh, we all know that our Loki, our, our, you know, our main Loki, his glorious purpose has always been to rule, to always have a throne. Mm-hmm. Sylvie, from the moment we've met her, and she kind of references this later as well, her glorious purpose is this. Like, she's been yeah. on the run her entire life, and she is now at the threshold of getting everything that she thinks she wants. And having this moment kind of shows you how big it is for her, yeah. um, which I think really is important to what happens uh, later on. I will agree with Johnny, I never knew that the words hey y'all could sound so <laughs> goddamn creepy, but holy shit, that little clock. Yeah. Uh, she she is, she is real real something else. Um, I love the offer because again, this sort of gets everything off the table. Everything that our Loki has ever wanted, everything that Sylvie has ever wanted is literally handed to them on a platter. It's like, hey guys, yeah. everything that you could have ever dreamed in your life is yours, just take it and they don't. And I think that's like it's 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 sort of kind of getting you to the point where again, just like I was saying about the beginning with the opening logo, like these characters are stepping out beyond anything we've ever known them to want. All their motivations are now moot and we're in kind of new territory.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And Emma, you know, we have that. Mo- I mean, I think all of us have had that moment before we're about to walk out on a stage or host a show or present- do a presentation. Right. You gotta- you've gotta. you been working towards this moment. And you can see Sylvie have this kind of hesitation. This person who had been very confident to what she wanted to go, where she was going. Every movement she made, she had reasons for it and genuine purpose for it. And in this moment, she hesitates a little bit before she walks through the door because this is the culmination of everything she has worked towards And then all this happens. And even in that moment when she gets offered stuff, she doesn't believe it, which is, of course, laying the groundwork of how she's not going to believe what's being told to her throughout this whole episode. What did you think about this beginning?
3: Well, I think in terms of her hesitation, there is, as you say, a big level of realism to it when you are building up to something for so long because once you achieve the thing, what's next? And I think that, you know, Sylvie is obviously grappling with that and what are the implications of getting everything that you have ever wanted and there Mm -hmm. is this recognition I think which she is seeing through our Loki through Tom Hiddleston Loki that here is somebody who's recognizing that if he fulfills his glorious purpose it's not really gonna make him happy. Yeah, um, you know, I mean he had that moment in the previous episode where he literally said and then I'll finally be happy. And like he said <laughs> it sarcastically, right. he didn't mean right. it. And right. that is so telling of where he ends up going in this episode of somebody that was so single-minded who's being who's now serving as a foil to somebody who is still incredibly single-minded in right. Sylvie. And yeah. so the fact that Loki in this moment with Miss Minutes is like no, I'm not going to take it, it it really like checks out because of that character's journey. You know, if yeah. he had if she had offered that to the Loki, who we have in the first Avengers film where he is up against the Avengers and he's trying to kill the Avengers in New York, that Loki would have absolutely taken the deal. But oh, he's yeah. had such a character arc throughout wow. this series that it just, it felt very gratifying. And also it it is that idea of if somebody were to come to you and say, I'm going to offer you everything that you've ever wanted. You see them both go, well, you certainly see Tom Hiddleston Loki have the moment of at what cost. And I think that Sylvie, it's the same thing of like, oh, if I do take this, I don't get to achieve what I have set out to achieve, which is to take revenge on the timekeepers and to destroy the TVA, which I'm now on the precipice of being able to do. So it's this very layered character study of, of both of these Loki variants, essentially, that is, it's just great and yeah. my god miss minutes what a uh, I, I know my friends who got the um press kits that came with the miss minutes clock that you oh. can actually put on your wall they're like i am really resisting um just beating the shit out of that thing <laughs>
0: damn like, damn i love that <laughs> uh all right shannon i mean uh, i think emma brings up some uh, some really excellent points of the process in, in the mind of uh, Sylvie. and isn't it always the night before you're gonna go do that presentation some old friend comes into town and wants you go out drinking you have to resist this oh, so that always. you can go and do this thing so in this moment the deal is being offered they don't take it, but uh, I think Emma makes a great point. They're both coming at from two different angles. Even Sylvie says before they walk through the door when Loki's trying to give her advice, you know, I was was pruned before you were even born. So just don't even try to come a step to me. So two different mentalities going into this. What do you think about this opening, man?
2: I mean, I thought one, the visual depiction mm. of the sacred timeline with this citadel literally this rundown citadel yeah. literally sitting in the middle of it i thought just from a production standpoint i'm like this is gorgeous and this is again i'm not a, i'm not a doctor who uh, who viewer so i don't know if this is something that has been played with before but looking at that i'm like god i've never i've never seen it this way like this is just incredibly gorgeous and we've talked a lot throughout the season about the incredible performances Mm. but one we haven't really talked about that much is tara strong and i mean she her voice i mean you know it's just so it's just so layered and textured and it's sweet and it's friendly but it's also completely untrustworthy and by the end it is very very sinister Mm -hmm. and you just see like like the 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 effect of this character of this of this animated clock that that has just kind of resonated throughout the season like yeah. i mean I, I i certainly hope that we have not seen the end of miss minutes that she comes back for season two oh, wow. um yeah i mean everything that she's telling them i mean I, I think about films where things are promised like you think about the matrix like with uh J- joe pantoliano's character and and uh you go weaving and you get this very kind of dry like yep you can have whatever you want you have whatever you want right. the way she presents it it's it's the honey it's the honey in your ear it's yeah. so mm-hmm. tempting and i don't think they turn it down because they don't think she can do it i mean they, i mean i think oh, they no. they don't they don't believe her like yeah. no no this is this is a trick we are not going to be vulnerable in this
0: moment. Yeah. Why would they believe it? Right? Why would they? I I wouldn't for God's sakes. Uh, And just real quick, here are the people that you hear from our world. Philosopher Alan Watts, Neil Armstrong, Greta Thunberg, uh, Malala Yousafzai, uh, Nelson Mandela, former Liberian president, Ellen Johnson Sirleaf, and Maya Angelou. So you can go back and kind of mix all that in. And uh, when you're listening to that opening, you can hear those real world people. And Neil Armstrong, is in here as well and you might glimpse a quinjet that natasha clinton the others yep. were on during avengers endgame There in space as they're cycling through that so just a little thing to look I, out for yeah
1: i think that What's alan up, w- and alan watts particularly the philosopher. he's a he's a philosopher like you mm-hmm. said uh but he talked a lot about time and yeah. the nature of time and i think what he says in the piece at the beginning is we think of time as a one-way motion uh and kind of what that's referencing is the idea that we've always we always assume time works the way that we perceive time which is something happens and then that leads to something else and he basically did an entire talk where he said that like time just exists like Mm -hmm. past present future we're we're experiencing it a little bit at a time but it has all it all happened it did happen it will happen it's all actually existing at the same time which as we're looking at this giant loop that is the past present and future all happening at once pretty apt uh quote
0: yeah, and as Hootie and the Blowfish would say, "A uh, time." Uh, can you teach me about tomorrow? That's what we want to find out. Exactly. As well
1: as we go along. Yes. The, the great, great philosophers. philosophers the
2: great Hootie,
0: philosophers. Hootie and the Blowfish. All right, <laughs> who, who, who had Hootie and the Blowfish
2: on their bingo card? <laughs> the in. You know, I like to throw a few things in.
0: All right. Anyway, we're off to the TVA. Rab- Rabon- uh, Ravona is going through some huge case folders and downloading files on her temp pad. There, not sure. We're not sure what she's looking for. Or at least I'm not sure what she's looking for. Then she sees. The cuppering there and immediately thinks of Mobius. You know, there are these moments where you're not sure what to think about Ravona, and we're going to get so much more with her throughout this episode. But like here, she still feels that pang of sadness that uh, Mobius is gone, that she had to prune Mobius. And I think her looking at that cuppering is encapsulating that. Then Miss Minutes shows up again to scare the shit out of us to download the files for Ravona. She, uh, she says, uh, Let me get on it. I had to take care of some things, which sounded, as Shannon said, really sinister. Then she says, uh, uh, "She Then Ravona looks at the files after Miss Minutes gives them to her and she says, Well, these aren't the files I asked for. But she says, He thinks these are the files that would be more useful to you. And she says, Who? And then she goes, uh, Ravona says who and, and Miss Min goes happy reading gets on out of there. Uh, then we go back to the citadel now Loki and Sylvie walk as Loki begins to try to process what is happening, but Sylvie is intent on killing whoever he is because of uh, her calling of he who remains. she says not for long. They walk into another room with three timekeeper statues and one is destroyed on the ground. This could possibly, be a reference to a fourth timekeeper. There were four timekeepers in the Marvel comics. The fourth one is the Oracle of Siwa, who was banished to ancient Egypt, but that's just, you know, throwing it out, there's a possibility. Suddenly, a door opens, and I almost heard Mike Vogel scream from two and a half hours away, bathed in light. is not Mephisto. It's Jonathan Majors hanging out with an apple there. What a presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, he who remains, possibly Kang and he thinks it's wild to see two Lokis together he eats his apple what does an apple symbolize the Garden of Eden also symbolizes Doctor Strange when he was using his powers with the Eye of Agamemnon Uh, anyway he eats his apples he talks about he who remains and how she still calls him that he invites them to his office they ride in the elevator together kind of like the TVA uh, with knives pointed at him they talk about whether He's just a man or not. And then Sylvie tries unsuccessfully three separate times to kill him, but he's ahead of her in every swing. They arrive at his office. He pours them tea or coffee with two sugars, asks them to take a seat, and then they reluctantly sit. Let's just stop here for now because we have so much to get into in these scenes. Emma, what a presentation. Talk to me what you think about the Kang here and then also the TVA stuff with Ravona and Miss Minutes.
3: Yeah. Okay. So I'm really excited to see more of Ravona, who I'm certain that we will get back in season two. And I think that like what they did such a good job with her in this episode of establishing is a lot of what we discussed with this character already, that she does represent that person that is just like clawing at trying to keep her reality in check. Like, Ravona is being willfully ignorant, and we see her making that choice repeatedly in this episode. And eventually, she basically says it outright of, like, well, this has to have all been for something. And I think that in this moment, they're really setting up leading to that moment. And, again, like, she's, she's fascinating in that you're seeing somebody who, yes, she is an antagonist, But Mm -hmm. she's not necessarily a villain per se. She just wants something different than Loki, who is our protagonist, wants. Mm -hmm. And therefore, they're in opposition with one another. But she really clearly is sad to have had to prune somebody who she does really consider to be a friend. Um, And I think Mm -hmm. that that's something that you see that she, you know, she is willing to do whatever she needs to do to, like, keep shit together. But she Mm -hmm. is sad. Yeah. Um, and so I, I I loved that, and again, the whole relationship between her and Miss Minutes is fascinating because, again, like Miss Minutes is leading her towards something.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. leading with, her towards with, something with He Who Remains. Yeah. Yes, where? exactly,
3: where? exactly. Right, but right, she right. clearly does not have a relationship with that character, or if she does, it is a very different relationship than Miss Minutes yeah. has with He Who Remains. Right now. When those elevator doors opened, <laughs> I really, I, I did not think that they were gonna do it, and they opened yeah. the doors, and I, and I literally said out loud, "Holy shit, it is Jonathan Majors! <laughs> like they're, they're going there."
1: Yeah, uh, your cat, uh, right and, off. And your back. cat was like, your cat was like, "Yeah, bitch." Yeah, it <laughs> is. It was like I loved
3: him in Lovecraft Country. <laughs> oh, the boy. Um. <laughs> yeah, I I was so, so not expecting it. Yeah. And the way that they handled it, it was so understated. And he was just there mm-hmm. hanging out, doing his thing, so much confidence. And in a lot of ways, I think the embodiment of what Loki previously wanted to be, Yeah, this all-knowing, uh, very like very calm in control. I love a villain who thinks that they're smarter than everyone.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And what was so great about this He Who Remains character, Kang or not, is that he genuinely was smarter than everyone. He yeah. had the knowledge of all of time and space up to a point, and he just mm-hmm. exuded that in his performance, which again, was just so understated and calculated, and I I was just not expecting it, and <laughs> I was delighted. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, and let me be very clear, I did not think that I wanted this character to be introduced, but right. because of how well written this show was, it, I, i was along for the ride that's yeah. how i felt about all of loki is i've been like i don't know where this is going uh and i'm i'm just here for it i'm gonna go along with the ride and kudos to the team that put this show together
0: yeah i mean as soon as you showed up i remember sitting back in my chair and going all right here we go here Let's we go we got yeah uh, yeah and i do want to apologize to people in the chat it's Agamoto. i apologize i was thinking <laughs> about something uh from the history a uh, greek history i think I, oh, know, brian Agamon, not? Yeah. yeah brian cox played him in troy you know what my, <laughs> I i'm sorry i wasn't gonna I'm, say uh, anything i, I'm really I wasn't sorry gonna say I got anything you know, yeah.
1: i was gonna let you have it
0: <laughs> well the chat wasn't they they were letting me have it that's for sure. he's actually agamotto all right i get it all right all right <laughs> shannon, <laughs> shannon talk to me about this whole thing with uh, with jonathan majors how what a president what a way to introduce yourself you know you talk about lovecraft country Talk about last black band in San Francisco. Talk about all this. Talk about him and defy bloods. You know he's an unusual like Lakeith Stanfield. These two guys yeah. just completely unusual actors with unusual rhythms to their acting. And I, they're just such a, a incredible uh, uh, amount of talent going on there. What did you think about the presentation? What did you think about the TVA as well with Ravona?
2: Well, I mean, I like that you brought up The Last Black Man in San Francisco, yeah. because as soon as he, he he gets a little he gets a little runway to start talking, I'm like, oh, I'm getting like serious Mon- Montgomery Allen vibes right now <laughs> from Last Black Man in San Francisco. Um, yeah. It's interesting as uh, Loki and Sylvia are walking down that hallway and all we've heard is he, 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 he. Right. Um, the color scheme was the blue and purple. And I'm like, it no, no. Right. I mean, I mean it can't be it can't they're not gonna do it <laughs> and so when the doors open up like i'm not ex- i was not expecting to see full-on comics accurate kang floating in um but just this dude kind of wearing a long coat little cape like eating an apple yeah. and it was just like you get the sense right away like oh he has not talked to someone he has not talked to people yeah a very very long time mm-hmm. um, yeah everything about that's like it, I, I thought it was just beautifully beautifully underplayed yeah. uh, it's it's Oz unmasking himself essentially yeah. and it's it, great I, I mean I, I loved everything about this scene and and again Jonathan Majors just as an actor I mean again I, I like watching great actors act and that guy yeah. is a fantastic actor
0: yeah I mean you, you don't know. cast a guy like that and not give him reams of dialogue to bring to life you just don't he's so talented at it michael all right president you got your you got your mephisto it's kang but you got your mephisto talk to me about your reaction to this your feeling about this how it was presented and then of course what he had to say and how he kind of messed with Sylvie a little bit and all of this and of course ravona a little bit more of the files what she's going after
1: well it is funny i because i'll agree with emma that as much as i thought we were going towards mephisto and wandavision i definitely did reach a point where i was like I feel like this is Wanda's story. And I was actually Mm. as disappointed as I was that we were like every week. I'm like, well, this is Mephisto. Well, this is this. And, you know, Shannon with his tinfoil hat was like, the ketchup was red. And we were like, it's Mephisto. I was actually. (laughs) I know, right? This guy. This guy is hilarious to me. This guy over here. (laughs) I I was just as guilty. I was just as guilty.
2: These episodes but- are public
1: record, my boy.
0: <laughs> We can go and pull up,
1: pull up the quotes if you want. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, fine. You're like... Agatha is drinking whiskey. Whiskey is the devil's drink. Like, you, we we definitely went down some paths. I'm just saying, we did it together. We're all holding hands here. We're buddies. But I was happy that it wasn't Mephisto. And I also, just like Emma, kind of reached a point with Loki. I'm like, I don't know if they do Kang, it's going to be satisfying. Like, I think that I, I was trying to figure out what would be satisfying, and I wasn't sure what it would be. And the thing when you do these big reveals is... It's, you've built stuff up so big that it's often disappointing. It's like the classic horror movie trope where the monster is always way scarier until you reveal the monster. And once you see it, you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, the special effects were okay. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. And the Wizard of Oz analogy that Shannon gives is really apt because sometimes the best way to make something effective is to go in the opposite direction of what you think. So instead mm. of this larger than life floating head or whatever it was he he the thing opens and he's literally sitting. Like yeah. like Shannon said, like he's just sitting there in the most casual way possible and the apple is great because it does like it's three things at once it is a mm-hmm. to show you how completely at ease and not giving a shit he is yeah b it's also kind of a callback to the eye of Agamotto uh, Mm -hmm. from Doctor Strange and the fact that he used that to experiment with time and this is all about time and he is definitely the serpent in this scenario and Sylvie and Loki are sort of our Adam and Eve like they are like he is the one that's offering them like the choice of what you can do like take a bite of this apple here's what you can get and so I thought that just across the board they kind of presented this in a way that kind of Wasn't what you expected, but gave you what you needed for this world in this show, because we all know we're calling him Kang. He never says that in the show. No, he doesn't. We know what we know what his presence means. And I think that a lot of where people feel like he overshadowed the Loki story is more us putting our expectations of where this is going. Right. But in purpose of what what?
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. no, I just it. wanted to say that... Um, so I, I want to credit um, Scott Mendelson with saying this from Forbes. Oh, like he basically yeah. he had a really apt tweet, I thought, where he said, you know, I think that a lot of the disappointment that people maybe feel with the Loki finale are the people that are deeply entrenched in Marvel lore mm-hmm. who feel like, oh, they're just setting up for what's to come down the line and this wasn't about Loki, et cetera, et cetera. He's like, but... For me, and I think that, you know, if you look at it from a standpoint of this is a show about Loki, like this, this was a good season finale to the Loki show, you know what I mean? Like, and, And I think that that was a really interesting observation.
1: Yeah, well, because the show has been from the very first moment about power. Mm -hmm, Like Loki shows up and he wants power. He realizes in the very first episode that this place that looks like a 1970s office, they're holding infinity stones in the drawer. And he literally says, is this the most power? Is this the most powerful place ever? Is this the biggest power in the universe? Mm -hmm. And it's all about tracking to get to that power, to get to that power, to get there. So to get there and to have this guy just casually sitting there, actually is really cool and then yeah. like i was saying earlier on you get to that elevator scene and you instantly see like loki's having a hard time he's like you're just like a flesh and blood person mm-hmm. like i like i'm he's processing this sylvie goes in for the kill and you realize right away that that you realize right away you're setting up the power dynamic here which is yeah. you guys can't do shit right which is really really great this uh, i'm so beyond what
0: you are thinking in your minds it's so beyond what you can even conceive of in in for so many reasons right exactly Uh, all right let's go back to the tva mobius announces announces himself he comes into ravona's office that he's returned she says if anyone was gonna make it back from the void i knew it was gonna be you already massaging him a little bit and his ego she says she's sorry for pruning him but he couldn't allow him to stop the mission obi says what mission it's all fake and ravona says it couldn't have been for nothing which is what emma referred to a few minutes ago it couldn't have been for nothing that's why I had to prune you. She calls Hunter D90 on the phone to come or the walkie-talkie, whatever she's got, to come bring him over, uh, to come get him, a Mobius. And he says, that's not going to work out the way you think it will be now that we know your secret. We're like, secret, what secret? Then we cut to a school, and Hunter B15 is there. Fremont, Ohio in 2018. Spoiler alert for Black Widow. Where did that happen? Where did that open up in? ohio uh she leads hunter d90 to a school office and then ravona walks in but she is not ravona renslayer she looks to be a principal or a teacher because she says what are you doing in my school and d 90s like wait what and hunter b15 says we have a lot to talk about to d90 uh and by the way you can spot ravona's real name on the diploma behind 100 b15 uh it's from ohio state university so shout out to eric rogers and the buckeyes ravona's name is actually rebecca torminette or torminay in there which is the name ravona uses in the comics while trying to distance herself from kang so it could be a clue one way or another all right we'll go back to the citadel kang shows the low oh, sorry he who remains shows the loki's that he knows what's going to happen which is why it can't be killed pulls out the script we see that Loki, I think, is L, uh, variant L1190 or 30, and she is L1190, something like that. Uh, he, he brings up Lamentus, the scheming, the talking, that he was watching them the whole time, uh, and even mentions that little look by the lake. Uh, Sylvie says, No, 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 we, we broke out of that game. Uh, Kang says every step or sorry, he remains says every. I'm just going to say Kang. So you ding me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 Kang Kang says it's just easier. Kang says every step they took to get there, he paved the road for them. You just walk down it. He also shows them everything that's going to happen, that he knows everything that's going to happen. And Sylvie asks, well, why are they here? Why they are here? And Kang says you can't learn anything if you don't go through the journey. Uh, And Loki says, I think it's a manipulation. And he asks Sylvie if she can trust Loki. Kang asks Sylvie if she can trust Loki or anyone at all. So I'm going to stop there because there's already a lot to, to, to dive into. Uh, Shannon, we got Ravona and Mobius. We got Ravona's. we see the real Ravona, which is why we have that Franklin D. Roosevelt High School pen. And then we go back to the Citadel and have more of Kang trying to lay out what is happening here to the Lokis and what they have walked into what did you think about all this?
2: Well, I would love to have been in Rebecca Tormé's shoes when she walks into her office and there's these two futuristic-looking, scary SWAT <laughs> <slot> people <laughs> with sticks. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can you can tell you can tell she works in public education because, like, okay, what's going on? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Where's your hall pass? Yeah.
2: <laughs> but the again, I mean, I'm I'm always going to go back to the the trio of Kang, Sylvie, and Loki. It was just Th- that line where uh uh loki says it's just another manipulation and his mm. response of interesting that that's where your head goes like right. just there are so many ways to respond to that but it was just so oh my god it was just so so well written um yeah i i i, 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 I got nothing i i, <laughs> I was I, this is all just bubbling over enthusiasm no, right fair
0: Okay. All right. Let's swing back over to Mike. What did you think about the way we got Ravona, the real Ravona, presented to us uh, in this way? Is this Marvel telling us that this is another variant that they're going to be kind of bringing? uh, Is is Gugu and Brother Raw going to play multiple variants, just like Jonathan Majors might be playing multiple variants here as well? And then once we get here, do you believe Kane? I mean, he can tell them anything. They say the parlor tricks. Is this all a setup for Kane? Because if he says, I paved the road and you just walk down it, then everything that is happening here, he has also paved the road for them to end up there. So where is free will?
1: And this becomes a more prevalent discussion as the episode goes along. What did you think here? Well, so a couple of things. So Ravona, first in the scene with her and Mobius, I think, like as Emma was saying, I think we finally kind of understand and unearth like where her what what really is going on with her, mm. which is she's a she wants to be a true believer. Like she is holding yeah. on as tight as she can to this has to be for a reason Mm -hmm. and that sets her up nicely for whichever version of kang she ends up finding at some point on her journey uh you see how she's gonna probably tie herself pretty closely to him she's gonna buy Mm -hmm. it whether he's telling the truth or not to your point i think she's gonna buy it she's going to believe given everything that she has done in her life that this is the best way and yeah. I think that's where she's going to fall on that whole thing as we get into season two. I think having her be the person that B-15 shows to D-90 is important mm-hmm. because she's the ultimate authority in the TVA. So okay. as soon as we see, and we and we set up D-90 to kind of be like the asshole guy, the, the, the one who's cor- yeah. mo- the most of a company man. And so having him see her and realize that she's a variant kind of just does a little bit of shorthand for us. We accept the fact that everyone in the TVA is going to be like, fuck, it's a lie. We don't have to see some big speech with all the TVA people. That scene kind of serves to be like, all right, the TVA knows what's really going on, which I think is a really kind of easy, effective way to do it. Um, As far as Kang, I'm kind of with Shannon, just like, you're like, you could just literally quote every single thing that was said and be like, "Ah, that was awesome. But, um, (laughs) But I really do love... Loki the moment when Loki and you you said it you already said the lines mm. but when Loki tries to sort of regain control yes he he sits there and he's like you don't understand you've lost we found you and and just mm-hmm. his Jonathan' just like okay let's just get this out of the way right now I know everything that happened I right. I know all this stuff and whether he is lying about, what's going to happen with the multiverse all the other Kangs he's clearly not lying that he knew everything that happened like he yeah. like by by, by right. pointing out all the talks they had the little look they shared under the blanket like pointing those out means he did know he was watching yeah. they when they got pruned they might have been out of the TVA site but they were certainly not out of his mm-hmm. um the other thing my brother and I were talking about because like when he does sort of kind of it's like point out to Sylvie he's like how do you think I'm dodging you like, yeah. I know. And she's like, Well, you just know because it's in the temp pad. And he said, Yeah, but how is all of this already programmed in the temp pad? And it right. was only in that moment that I realized that the way these temp pad work temp pads work is that every uh, person at the TVA has something that's just every moment is programmed in. So whenever Loki tries to escape, they're like, Yep, we already knew that. Like, I was like, yeah. Oh, that's how they work. That's really interesting um so yeah i thought it was all just really really great and then him sort of really setting up with sylvie i mean this is this is the crux of it all is him kind of saying "Ooh, sylvie can you really can you trust him can can you do this right he he's getting right to the point that we have two characters who whose flaws do not work together we have one character who cannot trust anybody and one character that is inherently we have learned over 23 movies cannot be trusted and these two are trying to make something happen uh it's just it's fucking it's fucking fascinating to me
0: yeah emma it feels to me as i watch the third time and we come to this moment that he is setting this whole thing up it seems to me like kang knows that he wants the multiverse war the multiverse war to come back it's time for it to come back and so he these two loki's coming in saying he laid the groundwork saying he's in and offering them the deal. He knew they turned down the deal. And then yeah. immediately starts to sow dissent between them, saying, do you really think you can trust Loki? Which becomes a prevalent thing after this moment throughout the episode and leads to her stabbing him. But yeah, well, what do you think about this whole thing here? Well,
3: as, as Mike points out, he's had eyes on them the whole time. Even right. in the places where the TVA could not keep tabs on them, Yeah, Kang still knew what was happening. I, I you know, I really do believe that whether or not he actually like laid the groundwork and they didn't have any free will and they just did everything that he wanted to do, I don't mm-hmm. know that I fully believe that, but I do okay. fully believe that he does know everything that has happened that will happen up to a certain point and he can't see I do think that when they get to the point where they cross the threshold, which we'll get into more yes. later that he really didn't know what was going to happen mm. beyond that point. But I do think that he knew, based on his understanding of who these Lokis are, particularly Sylvie, who was so singularly focused on destroying the TVA, that he knew that if he allowed them to get to that point, that they would, you know, then they would destroy him and the multiversal war would happen.
0: Right. Right. Good point. I like this uh, uh, from catch says this is some of the best doctor who in years. Yeah. I agree yeah, with you.
3: I agree. <laughs> A thousand
0: totally percent. Some
3: of the best doctor who in years. Yeah. I mean that, that's the thing that's been so great about it is I, I think that yeah. Loki and I mean, if I'm the BBC, I'm looking at Kay Heron to direct doctor who after yeah. this for sure. But I think that that is one of the things that is what's so brilliantly done is that in terms of the things that they explore thematically in yeah. Doctor Who they're exploring them in such an interesting way and Loki that whole idea of of free will and humanity and is it you know is this a fixed point in time can these things be changed if they can be should they be is that going to ruin everything so it's yeah it it, it's just really well done
0: i agree and also the bbc should be reaching out to disney plus to get some of that money to do do this as well to make it look that good um uh, we got almost 850 of you all watching us live thank you so much please Hit that like button as well because we only got about 280 likes. So get us up to like 500 likes, please. Yeah. Do it. Come on, right now. (laughs)
3: I I did it. I already hit like. Come on.
0: <laughs> it's that thumbs up button. If it's your first day on YouTube, hit that like. All right. We go back to the TVA. Mobius wants to tell the truth to the people about the TVA, but Ravonna thinks, what if this lie is a necessary one? I mean, this is religion. This is cult. This yes. is any organization where one person controls the fates of everybody. This is what this is here. She says chaos and death would happen if they didn't prune the timeline. She is a true believer and she's, and when, and when Loki, oh, sorry, when Moby's comes back and says, What about free will? We can't take away people's right to free will. And she says, oh, Only one person gets free will. And that's, of course, she's referring to Kang. He asks uh, he asks her what happened to her that she changed. And she says, No, no, you changed. You betrayed us. You threw in our friendship for a couple of variants, a couple of Loki's. Then she turns on the tempad and creates a portal. He says they could make the TVA better. She won't listen. He says he's going to try to stop her, and she says, really, you you shouldn't do this. And he tries to. She quickly disarms him and, and knocks him on the ground, and the shot almost looks like Loki when the Avengers showed up mm-hmm. in the first Avengers movie. Uh, she can prune him in this moment, but she doesn't. He asks where she is going, and she says, in search of free will. What the hell does that mean? all right we go back to the citadel this is going to be a long one so bear with me Ken is expl- kang is explaining that he is that he is necessary despite his deceptive methods laurie asks uh, loki asks who he is afraid of and kang answers after a quick pause himself simply he's afraid of himself without him everything burns well sylvie asks just who the hell he is and he says like something out of devil's advocate i have so many names and then he flicks out an animation of himself, and then explains this whole backstory about himself as a variant that lived. He was a scientist in the 31st century before the TBA. He lived on Earth. He discovered that there were multiple universes stacked on top of themselves, and uh, and the and his variants of him of Kang reached out to each other, contacted each other. There was peace. They shared tech and knowledge. They shared tech. They shared knowledge. They used the best of their technology to improve the other universes. But not every Kang variant was so benevolent. Some of them saw new worlds as new lands to be conquered. Then the peace between the realities erupted in an all-out war. Then they had to create the timekeepers, and that's what he did. And then the first variant, that's him, encountered a creature that was born from all the tares in the universe, the Eliath. He harnessed the beast's power and started experimenting on it. He weaponized Alioth, and he angrily states that he ended the multiversal war. And once he isolated their timeline, He just managed the flow of time and prevented any other timelines, hence the TVA, timekeepers and Ages of Harmony. And he says, as Michael pointed out here about the serpent and the apple, you came to kill the devil, right? Guess what? I keep you safe. If you think I'm evil, just wait till you meet my variants, stifling order, or cataclysmic chaos. That is your choice. It reminds me of dictators. And he says, you might hate the dictator, but something worse will take its place if you deposed him. He has said he says that he has lived a million lifetimes and seen all the scenarios, and this one with the TBA is the only one that works. Very reminiscent of Doctor Strange lifting that one finger up to Iron Man during Infinity War. So, Michael, two things here, two scenes here: the stuff with Mobius and Ravona, and then also this explanation finally of who Kang or He Who Remains actually is. What do you think of
1: this? Well it's great because like the Ravona stuff, I mean, as I was saying before, like we're really we re- really get who she is now. like she yeah. really cared about she, the, the, her friendship with Mobius not fake. They've been friends for a very, very long time. Millennia, she she says. And she does feel betrayed. Because this is like, I mean, I'll use, you know, Johnny keeps bringing up sort of like how it's all about religion. But this is like two people that were in Bible study together. (laughs) And then the one guy is like, I'm out. And you're like, how could you? We were in this together. Like, we did this. Uh, So she just feels super betrayed. And... Her need to find the one person who she thinks has free will, mm-hmm. uh, you know, is is very. There's a lot of religious overtones there. There's a lot of like, I'm gonna go find the one person who has all the answers who can tell right. me what to do. Whereas Owen Wilson is like, hey, we we can all do whatever we want, man. Cachao, right. like he's like he's like, let's just have a good time. <laughs> Ka-chow. Um, the um, what I really so then when we get to the Kang thing, when we get to, when we get to He Who Remains, kind of talking about his backstory, uh, yeah. what I found interesting. About it was how much it actually is pretty much straight up. That's this is who Kang is in the comics. I mm-hmm. mean, mm-hmm. the whole idea that there is uh, a version of him that you know in the comics is referred to as Amortis, who kind of is the yep. one who, uh, who kind of. Pru- literally prunes the timeline to try and prevent yeah. other Kangs from showing up. And that there is a Kang the Conqueror. There is an Iron Lad, for those mm-hmm. of you who are keeping your Avengers bingo cards going, <laughs> who is a version of Kang. Yeah. Uh, and this idea that there's all of these Kangs fighting for dominance and that that causes all kinds of trouble for everybody mm-hmm. uh, is pretty comics accurate. And yeah. I thought the way that they visualized it was really good. You know, my brother and I were talking about this. Like, this is one of those places where. Perhaps the needs of the bigger Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, usurped the moments of the finale because Mm. if you're going to have a villain that is going to be as chronally complicated as Kang is um, for the next however many movies, Somebody at some point is just going to have to sit down and explain it to you because it's very confusing. Right. So I think that having this moment where you can visualize, like, hey, this is how a multiverse works. There was a bunch mm-hmm. of versions of me. We all met each other. It was cool until an asshole showed up to the party, and that asshole caused all kind of problems. And that's why things went bad. And I kicked everybody out and said, "This is my party, and I'm keeping it as my party." And that's what we're doing. And like, you're like, okay, now I get it. Uh, so as we get into no Way Home, Multiverse of Madness, Quantum Mania, Fantastic Four. Uh, we're going to see all of this in action. And I think it was good that they explained it the way they did. Um yeah. as far as as far as him then uh, you know, kind of laying out the whole devil thing, I think it's it's fascinating to me that like, you know, you've got Mobius and Ravona over here talking about free will, you've got this thing about free will, and you've really got this thing on the table of which is better. Like, is it better to have a somewhat benevolent dictator and no choice in the matter, or to have all the choice and complete chaos. And Mm -hmm. I don't know that those are ultimately the only two options. This is where I think Kang is being either uh, purposely disingenuous Mm -hmm. or doesn't really see everything. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think those are the only options. I think that somebody, maybe a super smart scientist with gamma radiation down the line who might be distantly related to Kang might figure out a third option. <laughs> well, yeah. All right. But you see that all the time, <laughs> you know, uh, you see that all the
0: time when people talk about you remove a dictator and how everything falls apart, you know, always terrible, but at least the trains ran on time, but those right. are the exchanges. And, and it's all, it's because the people who take over, have to take time to understand what they're doing when they get into power. And that always, that doesn't always happen when a dictator is removed. So uh, a lot of philosophical discussions going on here between these three, Emma, and then also between more of a religious but also existential really conversation between Ravona and Mobius here as well. This idea of believing in things so deeply. If you try to shake my belief, I can't have it because I have nothing else to believe. And if you shake it, I've given too much of myself over to it. So really interesting exploration on both sides of these scenes, don't you think?
3: I do. And that is one of my absolute favorite tropes is the person who recognizes that they could, and maybe should be making a different choice, but yeah. they're so deep in the choice that they've made that they're like, I can't turn back from this now. And to me, yeah. that's Rabonna, Um, and yeah. I just like- and, absol- Sylvie. and Sylvie. And Sylvie, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. oh, absolutely. absolutely, yeah. Absolutely, both of them are so deeply entrenched in this idea that even now with all the facts, they are choosing to ignore it because- yeah they put so much of themselves into this thing already. And mm-hmm. I think that the casting of Owen Wilson uh, just could not be more brilliant uh, as Mobius, particularly when you have these moments because you, he is such a genuinely likable guy yeah. on on camera. And he's so just, I don't know, he's Owen Wilson. You know, just <laughs> like, he's just got that nice vibe about him. Um, yeah. And to see him be somebody that is very go with the flow and and flexible, even though he was totally a company man, but just out of, out of a, it was easier to be that way. And he was comfortable and he liked doing that. And then when he started to really, you know, get involved with what was going on with these Lokis and you see the way that he really embraces Sylvie when he rescues her in the car in the previous wow. episode. And she says, oh yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to enchant Elioth and we're going to go through there. And he's like, She's very confident that she can do it. Like, it's just
1: like, like I,
3: I want to be best friends with Mobius. Yeah. Uh, and so I understand why Ravona also feels so betrayed because she really thought that she had a friend in Mobius, something yeah. that was legitimate. There was this beautiful moment in this episode and it was in a previous scene where she's sitting in her office and she looks at the ring yeah. that he left on the table when he didn't use a coaster. And there is a real sadness there because she is recognizing that she cannot have that connection anymore mm-hmm. and still be committed to who she is. Right. And so I think that again like that that statement that she makes when the portal opens and she says I am going to find free will. That's that is her only option at mm-hmm. this point is to go confront the thing that she has put all of her faith in. Yeah. Because who is she if if mm-hmm. not totally devoted to that? As she says, it yeah. has to have been for something. And so to her, Mobius is somebody that gave up on believing in anything.
0: Right, right. It's so interesting when you look at these two relationships, Emma, juxtaposed with each other, right? Mobius and uh, and uh, Ravona, Sylvia, and Loki. There is that kind of friendship slash yeah. romance kind of yeah. vibe to both of them, but they're also both exploring how to deal with the new reality one person one in each couple wants to explore a new reality other the other one in the couple wants to stay in this reality and do what needs to be done so it's really interesting Yep. I think we
1: need to. I think we need to see other realities. I want to break up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not your reality. It's mine. It's not your reality. It's me. <laughs> uh, Shannon, what do you think about all of this? And uh, I like this. to keeps saying the Kang thing. Get the Kang thing on. What do you think about all of this? And what we got in these two scenes, brother man?
2: So with Ravona and Mobius, this is the one one critique i have and i know tonally it would not have worked Uh. but i feel like mobius should have flew in on a jet ski at that point (laughs) knocked down the door i know physically it's probably not possible but it's like okay if there was there if there was a moment it's this (laughs) moment like that's really when we should have seen the jet ski um ravona you know it's so interesting because talking about you know the Colts and whatnot i mean Mm -hmm. watching docu-series like uh, like the Going Clear doc on HBO, well, yeah, or the yeah. Nexium doc, Nexium docs. Um, you hear people have to confront that reality of this thing that I believed in. This, the, you know, what you know, my yeah. my cornerstone, what I built everything on, is yeah. not real. And Ravona, happy with the illusion of free will versus actual free will. She's like, look, the the chaos that will come after this is not worth. This idea of freedom yeah. Yeah. um and i and i i thought it was perfectly in character for for owen wilson to end up on his tukis again i was just like you know what <laughs> i would love to have seen a badass mobius moment I'm like no nah, that that that's appropriate <laughs> she's the knocked, red slayer
0: man yeah i mean you know he, yeah.
2: he gets knocked back on his butt <laughs> yeah. like and then going back to the kang thing it's so <laughs> interesting um it made me think of uh fringe the old fox show Mm. about how when these alternate versions who were also studying sort of the multiverse theory and how at the beginning everything seemed great yeah because people individuals that are this intelligent are going are not going to start with an attack They're going to sit there and get to know their enemy before they launch any sort of attack. So the fact that it's like everything was great at first, we traded technology, all the worlds prospered. And then once they had a better uh, uh, lay of the land, Mm -hmm. that's when those uh, those inner demons came out and you saw sort of the bad kings or the worst kings uh, make that move. Yeah. Um, one, I loved the graphic that he had that sort of like that T-1000 liquid metal that he was able yeah. yeah, to flick um, for all the people that are like, you know, show, don't tell him like, there you go. He just he showed you. Yeah, <laughs> you got you got little you got little Jonathan Majors all over the place. Right. Um, no, I thought that was just a fantastic, fantastic scene. And if you have to deliver exposition, man, that's the way to do it, because it okay. was I was entranced.
0: Yeah, it it reminded me of the opening of Black Panther as well, that animation, Mm -hmm. where you saw that kind of... It was really cool how they were to make it work. So great graphics. Shout out to them for that. All right, let's move on here. Um, All right, so I ended there with the idea of the multiple Kangs, and as Michael brought up, uh, there are a few of them. Nathaniel Richards, Immortus, Rama-Tut, and Iron Lad. So that's just a few. So there could be more, so get ready, everybody. We're getting into the freaky-deaky side of Marvel, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Sylvie says, to to kind of counter what Kang just said, or you're a liar. Uh, and Loki says, so you'll just continue to prune innocent timelines? And then out of nowhere, he says, no, you do, Kang says. Two. He gives them two options. You kill me, and then you create multiple devils. Or you and Sylvie, you run this thing. You prune the timelines. Well, Loki asks why he would give up control. and I. I this is the one moment in the show where I absolutely related to, to, to Kang when he's like, buddy, I'm tired. I'm tired and I'm older than I look. And this is a game for the young and the hungry. Uh, this is how I feel about the schmo down now. And he said, it's not personal. <laughs> and he said about these things that he did, the pruning of the timelines, it was practical. And he shoots back very forcefully. It was personal to me. And then he yells at her, ah, grow up, which is a rare moment of explosion of emotion from Kang. Uh, and he calls them all, both of them out. He says, they all did horrific things. They're all bad. They're all evil. Uh, and uh, and really looks at Loki and Sylvie, how they've killed and murdered. And there's a hypocrisy here. Uh, and now they have a chance to use their skills, their natural skills, to commit these kind of evil things, but do them for a good reason. And then suddenly he's distracted and says, we just crossed the threshold there are loud noises and lightning heard he drops something on the desk and says so i fibbed he says he lied that he knew what was going to happen but that was up until about six seconds ago and as we see and then we see the sacred timeline start to branch off he says he has no idea what is going to happen loki asks if that's it this is what happens at the end of time and now you're going to sit there with all that freedom and let the and let us decide your fate And he asks, of course, what's the worst that can happen? You take over or kill me, start a multiversal war, and I end up right back here anyways. And Silva doesn't believe in, thinks it's a manipulation. He says that that it isn't, takes off his wristband. He says he doesn't know what's going to happen, but he takes off his wristband and he pushes it towards the edge of the desk. I wonder who's going to use that wristband at the edge of the desk in just a little bit. He says all this honesty feels like a fresh start, and after a beat, Sylvie jumps up and tries to kill him, and Loki stops her. They fight each other, debate whether they should kill him. Loki believes him. Sylvie doesn't. Remove the dictator. What fills the void? She thinks that he wants the throne. She accuses him, Loki, of wanting the throne. He says no. She doesn't believe him. Uh, she's not hearing him. And now he, she asks if this was all a big con. He says it's bigger than us. Why aren't we seeing this the same way, Sylvie asks, because you can't trust and I can't be trusted uh, and then they get into another uh, uh, battle here with their swords and their power he's saying that the cost of this is too great if they're wrong and kill him and just as she's about to strike because after because uh, Loki is disop- I mean sorry Sylvia has disappeared him just as she's about to strike Kang, he reappears with his blade at her at, at, at her blade at his neck she's very emotional in this moment it, you know just kind of really caught up in what she wanted to do he politely asks her to stop he says I've been where you are I felt what you feel. All I know is I don't want to hurt you and I don't want a throne. I just want you to be okay. And then they kiss. Woo, mama. But then Sylvie stops the kiss and says, but I'm not you, grabs that thing off the desk, shoots him through a time portal, and let's stop here. Whoa, whoa, no, let's not stop it. She, then she very dramatically kills him. He says, see you soon, and winks. And it seems like she realizes what she's done and collapses to the ground we pan up past Kang and see all these branches appearing on the main timeline. Wow, wow! I think I'm going to Shannon next on this one, right? Is that correct, Shen? Talk. Sure. To
3: me.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I I don't know what else I can add. Like it was just so again, so incredibly well done. But you see, the the it just in Sylvie's eyes, you, yeah. you see that she is not going to stop. It's what b fifteen said to Ravona the episode before. like you want this. She, she needs this. Mm-hmm. And like it's it's never more apparent than when she is close to close to to killing Loki yeah. because she wants she wants Kang's. she she wants his blood. Like she wants him gone. Mm-hmm. And the character development, that has happened with Loki in six episodes is so incredible because the moment where she starts accusing him, like you want the throne. It's like, no, he doesn't look Mm -hmm. at him. This guy is being, this guy is being 100% honest, which he has never done before. And the first time he does do it, it doesn't work out. So to watch, I, I mean, the kiss, it's funny because I know a lot of people are like, isn't that kind of incest? I'm like, well, not really. No, they're not, nice they're not siblings. <laughs> right, right.
3: It kind of reminds me of you being in love with yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: hey, RuPaul says it every week. If you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen up in her?
2: I mean, Man. It's, Man. It's, it's Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me. Young number two <laughs> and old number two.
0: Yeah. It's the no, two Wagner. Kirk's in Star Trek VI. It's the yeah. two Kirk's. <laughs> Must have been your lifelong ambition. Yeah.
2: But again, the acting of Jonathan Majors, which, you know... <laughs> Audio, like special effects, audio effects, that all gets added afterwards. And so oh. that moment that you hear the thunder and you see the change on his face. Yeah. You know, that is literally someone off, off camera doing that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the way he is able to just manifest this fear mixed with uncertainty i mean it's just just such an amazing performance and like the more we talk about it the more frustrated i get when people say he was over the top and he wasn't good i'm like you
3: are insane that was such a brilliant performance
0: it's so
2: stupid i
3: thought it was so (laughs) understated yeah Yeah. i thought uh okay anyway continue
2: (laughs) that was i mean that that was it i, I
3: yeah I,
0: people say he's all over the place then they go and watch joaquin and joker and go though, that's a brilliant performance fuck off majors is breaking your mind that's why you can't handle it he is on a whole nother realm as an actor that you can't conceive of and if he's overdoing it for you you need to come to the well the well is not going to come to you uh michael talk to me about this whole thing and everything that's laid out here what was your reaction to it and then sylvie almost i mean i'm trying my mind right now is thinking of the religious thing like is this the apple is she eve for
1: killing him is that her biting the apple i'm just there's a lot in my head right now uh what, what do you think about all of this well well first of all i want to say that i'm i'm very glad that you related to kang in his i'm tired and that's why i'm giving you the TVA moment bro. i bro. think that is bullshit i think he <laughs> is lying oh good point. um good point. i don't think i like like and again like We are relying on Kang for a lot of information, which is, you know, as we've been saying, what some people were upset about, but he's a bad guy. He is not a reliable narrator. So some of what he says, you know, you can sort of fact check. Like he did know where they were all through the void and everything. So he clearly did know that stuff. He did know how to avoid them. But when it gets to his motivations, I think it gets a little hinky. Um, We now know by the end of this, spoiler alert, you all watched the episode, he's dead. He's probably going to come back, but he's dead oh, right man. now. And yeah. we know that. And we know that there's a bunch of other Kangs running around. But d- was there was there already a Kang that had slipped through the cracks that he wants that he needs to out him in some way? So he needs to reset things. Like there's a thousand reasons that he might want to spur them on to do this stuff. That is not. Yeah. Oh, I'm just an old man. I'm tired. You young kids, you you rule time <laughs> now. Like, ah, I don't think so so much um as as everyone was saying when he when he the one point where he breaks because like yeah. as we were saying like it's all about power he's super in control the entire time mm-hmm. but when sylvie really challenges him and he just yells at her to grow up it's a pretty great moment like you're yeah. so used to him being like oh it's cool like i'm cool like I'm, hey, we're all buddy and then when he just like screams at her to grow up uh you see a little bit of like who he will be playing in other versions of this mm-hmm. character other variants of this character yeah. and you're like ooh, he's gonna be kind of scary um, and I do really love that he points out that they're all villains. Like she is a hypocrite. She's been running around killing people, doing whatever she needs. We all know that Loki's a villain. Oh, totally. and he's a villain. So he's like, you guys are gonna stand there and kind of judge me for like trying to keep the timeline in order. Like fuck you. And I'm like, that's. That is a really compelling argument. And then as we've all been saying, like Tom Hiddleston's arc, the guy that showed up in episode one would have jumped at the chance to take control of all of this without really knowing the ramifications. Like Loki always just goes for whatever, you know, like, let me try and grab power and figure out the rest later. So to see him all of a sudden take this pause and say, I don't know if this is right. And it's the whole scene between him and Sylvia is heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Like they they literally say it, Kang tells you this earlier, like, You don't trust anyone. You can't be trusted. And then we just watch it play out. And you watch the hurt on Tom Hiddleston's face. You watch Loki try so hard to do something. You know what I mean? And like Mobius, every scene that we've watched in all these episodes, Mobius, well, you can't trust a Loki. I've literally watched you stab people in the back a thousand times. Well, I'm not going to do it again. And this is the one time that he doesn't do it again. Like, he's actually being genuine. And he is the Loki that has changed. And Sylvie is the Loki that can't. Right. She's not going to let it go. Um, the fight is great. He just looks sad the entire mm-hmm. time that he's fighting. And then- Because I he think- loves her. Yes. Because he
0: loves her. And he doesn't, this is something he's never experienced
1: before. This was such a noble scene for him, man. It was incredible. Sorry, and then he- answer. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. That he- and then he says to her, you know, I've been where you are. I yeah. felt what you feel. I don't know how I know, but all I know is I don't wanna hurt I don't wanna hurt you. I don't wanna throne. I just want you to be okay. Like yeah. it is just this outpouring of emotion from somebody who we have never trusted. And <laughs> all of us are sitting there like with our popcorn, we're like, oh my God, he did it, he did it, he told his feelings. <laughs> and then I do think it's interesting that Sylvie kisses him. Like yeah. she's the one that she leans in and kisses him right. and says, but I'm not you, which you can. Slice a bunch of different ways, but like mm-hmm. kind of is like, I, I, I read it as, I can't change. And she mm-hmm. kicks him out. Um, and then her killing Kang, they did a really interesting thing. Like, you know, usually when you, to Shannon's point about sound effects and ADR and everything else, like usually when you kill somebody on screen, like maybe you hear the knife go in, there's a big thing, there's a reaction. There's some kind of thing that makes right. you feel like it's a big moment mm-hmm. because killing someone's a big moment. This was such a quiet moment.
2: Yes. Yeah. It was
1: such a non-important moment. Mm-hmm. And then for him to just look at her and smile and say, I mean, she literally says before, and she goes, aren't you going to try and stop me or beg? And he's like, yeah, I could. Yeah. And then she kills him in the most quiet way possible. He says, see you soon and dies. And it's done. And this winks. is her glorious purpose. Winks. Yeah. yeah. And winks at her. Yeah. This is her glorious purpose. This right. is the thing that for eons, as she said to Loki earlier, I've been doing this, I've been doing this long before you even existed. Yeah. And here she is and she did it. And it is the emptiest moment in the show. And she just sits down all by herself. She's alone. There's nobody else there. And she just sits there as this happens. And you're like, this is this is the this is the morality tale that we all, yeah. every one of us has a glorious purpose. We want, I want to win an Oscar. I wanna be cast in this thing. I wanna do this thing. And these things that we hold on to that are all ego-driven are just not ultimately that important. And this is what she now realizes, which I thought was just so powerful yeah. and sad. Uh, yeah, when she because she has to go, and and you know what's funny is Kang said that to her a few
0: minutes ago because she's like, why don't, why don't we just skip to the end? He's no, no, you've got to go through this journey in order yeah. to earn. And so, this was one of those moments, and her kind of just stumbling backwards and sitting down and really like accepting what she's just done or thinking about what she's just done. it It's a powerful moment, Emma. I mean, that moment, uh, where Loki just really breaks it down is as powerful as where well. he says you know you can't trust it i can't be trusted we're right. at cross purposes there's there can be no connection here at this point uh, it, throughout what did you think about this whole sequence here
3: well i think that you brought up a really good point earlier roca the mm. idea of this sort of parallel story with ravona and with sylvie mm. and with sylvie we're seeing that moment here right now yeah. of it because i think that you know her her impetus in being the one who initiates kissing him like she does have feelings for him this yes. is not this is not a one-sided thing she absolutely has feelings with him for him just the same way that Ravona really does care about Mobius she yeah. really does but she can't alter mm-hmm. who she is right. she's still on the path of Glorious purpose. Again, it's that whole idea of the Loki who has changed and the one who can't change, the one Mm -hmm. who can't trust and the one who can't be trusted, but has made every effort throughout the course of the series to show that he can be trusted.
0: Right. Yes. Yes. Great point. And yet
3: he still can't be trusted because he's a Loki and (laughs) by their nature, they are untrustworthy. And then you have a Loki who, you know, is untrustworthy by definition but also cannot trust because of her own experience so it's this very like uh it it just goes it's cyclical you know what i mean of like you can't break out of this cycle and so again it's like this this whole thing where i don't feel that sylvie betrayed loki by any stretch of the imagination i know there's some people in chat saying like oh she betrayed him and pushed him through there and i i don't i didn't really see it as a betrayal so much as a her saying to like just her sort of giving him this ultimatum of Mm -hmm. i i can't i'm not you yeah i'm not like you i haven't i haven't lived through the same experiences that you have that have put you in this position where you feel you can change and you can be someone new i i can't be someone new
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's like it's like people always say right like oh if i you know if i if i knew if i thought this way when i 20 years ago i'd right. be this or i'd be that but you can't because you have to go through the experiences you have to
3: have the experience
0: exactly to achieve this wisdom or to achieve this level of understanding and knowledge about the world and that's part of life and that's the right. that's the tragic circle right. of life of everything
3: and it yeah. doesn't matter that she is older yeah. than me. No. Her experience has been, it it has always been being on the run. Like she, that is right. the only experience that she has had is running around trying to avoid the TVA and figure out a way to thwart them. Mm-hmm. Our Loki has had a bunch of different life experiences yes. that have led him up to the point that he is at. And so you understand, or at least I understand why sylvie made the decision that she did because this is the first time that she's experienced any sort of variance to her own life Mm
0: -hmm. and i think it's important too because she was taken at six years old loki you could argue grew up in somewhat of a loving household with a mom who loved him and and yes he was betrayed later when he found out he was a frost giant baby and all of that sure but his brother loved him even though he kept messing with him is you know he had it's friends or playmates he had a brother he had a, he had a family she had no family unit so it's like a different situation from from a young age that can change you that can make you a different person singularly focused to get revenge in a way to reclaim this life that was taken from you also i find it fascinating that both of these scenes between these two people ends with one of them going through the portal a time yeah. away, right ravone and they're both driven by the woman ravona Confidently walks through that time portal to find free will. It is Sylvie who jettisons Loki into another timeline through that time portal. Say so they both, in those moments, make the decision about the relationship in the and then move forward. It's fascinating to see the juxtaposition of both these things. Such incredibly great writing. Uh, all right, uh, back at the TVA, uh, Mobius and B fifteen are there. He says, "There's no turning back." Now she says, "Who said anything about turning back?" And then they have this sweet little exchange for all time, always. Michael, you mentioned how Loki has progressed. Look at this relationship, how it's progressed since episode one to episode six. Really powerful. Uh, We cut to Loki, who is experiencing, it seems like to me, on his face, aside from the death of his mom, which he didn't experience in real time, this Loki did, this Loki variant didn't, true heartbreak. He's experiencing true heartbreak for maybe the first time in his life. Suddenly, an idea hits him, and he runs through the TVA. He ends up in the library, finds Mobius in B-15, and uh, we hear uh, B-15 saying there are 63 new branches. Does he want us to stop them all? all?" And Loki yells very loudly in the library, we can't. Uh, Loki says they made a terrible mistake, that they freed time. He tells them about the new Kangs that are coming, and then it's, Revealed that Mobius has no idea who he is. It says, Uh, what, what analyst are you? What department are you in? Which confuses Loki and Loki starts, Loki turns, starts to walk away. And then he sees the statue of Kang and we go to the end of the episode. Um, Emma Five talked to me here
3: about oh, this that ending. ending. Oh, it stabbed me in the heart because I'm so all about the friendship <laughs> between Mobius and Loki. I was like, yes, the gang's getting back together. They're going to fix this. Not
0: hug. Not hug. Who are you,
3: no. dog? <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh man, that was yep. a but what a great way to to really set up the whole multiverse situation yes. and to also uh, you know what it is? I, y'all, I love The Good Place. Um that's a great uh, uh, and this uh, ending uh, is a little bit similar to the ending yeah. of season 1 of The Good Place where yeah. they're like we're doing a total reset next season because We've set everybody back, and they don't remember anything. Yeah, yeah,
0: good point. Good point. Uh, Michael, what'd you think of this ending, brother man? Well, now I just want to go watch
1: the fucking good place. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Jeremy Bearme kind of ending. Uh, it was great. Um, you know, like, as you yeah. said, like I, they did such a lovely job with Loki just sitting on his face and watching that reaction, and you're like, yeah, that's that's a that's a man who's just experienced heartbreak in a way that they yeah. never have before. And oh, uh,
0: so good, man.
1: And again, this is where I would argue. I I, I will argue my point. If you didn't feel this way, I completely respect it. I'm glad that we're all geeks and we have enough stuff that we can all have different opinions and still have so much to love. But to me, this is why I don't feel like they sort of dropped the ball on the Loki and Sylvie story. Mm. We see Sylvie, as I just said, at the end of her glorious purpose, alone and empty, sitting on a floor as the multiverse blossoms around her. And then we see Loki, a character who has been the most self-serving asshole for all Mm. of the marvel movies just sitting there broken because he put himself out there emotionally and was literally shoved away for it um Mm -hmm. and then when he runs through everything i was saying like everyone's together uh you know the he kind of threw me off with b15 although i really you really quickly figure out what she means and you know he instead of they as far as the tva Mm -hmm and they don't re- they don't recognize him and then that reveal of Kang which you know the writer uh Eric Martin did say was like they definitely were going for that Planet of the Apes vibe that yeah. sort of reveal ah, uh, and it worked it worked great and i think it's yeah. such a great you know that we we know we know our timeline which is mm-hmm. going to sort of remain consistent but now there's a multiverse blossoming around it and that multiverse blossoming means all the kangs are back and one of them took control of the TVA, and Loki is no longer in the same timeline slash reality. I'm not quite, I'm sure they're gonna explain this next year, so the TVA is sort of out of time, maybe. I'm not sure where the TVA quite exists in time. But clearly, um, the multiverse blossoming means that a less good Kang is now in control of things. And so what that means for Loki and B-15, much like The Good Place, which I didn't think about, but I think Emma's 100% correct, The Good Place was so sad when they, uh, when you found out they didn't know each other anymore, but then watching them get back to where they, yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> What is watch wrong the with Place. you?
0: All right, go ahead. Go
2: watch, go the, watch the Good the Place. Good go watch The Good Place. Yeah. <laughs> The, the statute of limitations. I think, yeah, I think you missed it, Johnny. Uh, no, <laughs> way. No, way. no way. No way. No way.
1: Yeah. So, so at the, so at the end of the sixth sense, <laughs> people don't
0: blow, people don't blow the end of Sopranos. Come on. All right. Anyway. Uh, all right. Uh, Shannon, what are your final thoughts on this scene, man? What are you, what are you feeling, man? And we'll, and we'll get into your stream and super tets after this. We'll blaze through them in the next half an hour. Cause I got to go in 35 minutes. Go ahead, man.
2: I mean, just the sadness. Of Loki and Sylvie. And yeah. the idea that they started, they both started on the journey by themselves and they ended by themselves. And it's just yeah. kind of, you know, it's it's so it's such a it's such a sad, sad end, at least for right now, for these characters that mm-hmm. we've kind of grown grown to love. Um, looking at Tom Hiddleston's face sitting in there, again, playing that broken, that broken nature, thinking about Thor 2 when he found mm-hmm. out that Frigga mm-hmm. died. Um, comparing comparing the sadness, like Frigga, that's that was the untimely death of a parent. Right. Whereas this was uh, a rejection yeah. a, and the a possible. Loss. It's a loss. Yeah. Oh yeah, a, 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 a rejection by or loss by rejection. Yeah, yeah. And knowing that not only has he potentially lost Sylvie forever, but her actions, what what is about to happen, uh, could spell disaster for everyone and then as he was running back i mean that was the first thing i noticed was like oh oh and wilson got cleaned up
0: uh
2: <laughs> and then Good the point. moment that he sees the giant the giant kang statue i mean i i i, I thought i was really revelatory i was like oh it's just like they finally really did it i, <laughs> I thought i was the only one <laughs> but to hear that that was actually one of the yeah. inspirations for it i was like oh okay look at that you dirty, a while.
0: damn dirty apes. Uh, uh, chat forward real quick. I want to answer this. I know it's not a super chat. His question is: Why Kang wasn't publicly ruling TVA when he was actually in control of it? Because not that that Kang variant didn't want to publicly control mm-hmm. the TVA.
1: This Kang variant he was does a puppet yeah.
3: master. But, I, but right. I
1: think the question. But I think the question is: Why didn't the other Kang want to publicly rule it? Like what? And I'm the... saying because it's not his nature to do it. The other Kang variant is wants to rule it and be publicly in
0: control of it and ruled by anger yeah uh all right let's get through all these real quick thank you all so much for sending in the stream labs and the super chats i'm gonna read them as fast as we can we'll answer them over the next uh, 29 minutes and we'll talk well hopefully we'll have time to speculate where it might be going next uh, chocolate chip says i really enjoyed the finale majors is perfect i'm curious if his variants will have distinctive personalities orphan black style oh great reference! Ooh. yeah great reference wasn't a fan of the play-doh powerpoint explaining his story in the telenovela vibe from loki and sylvie still great show how dare you how dare
1: you i love uh, the,
3: Play-Doh, the play-doh the play-doh
1: powerpoint is my new favorite thing <laughs>
3: play-doh powerpoint that's done incredible and
1: done uh yeah all right so uh, the,
0: then uh the underscore real underscore arab underscore pierre says great season finale majors killed it can't wait to see more of him in the ncu mcu looking forward to season two yeah for sure yeah it's gonna yeah. be very interesting. Uh, Demon Lord uh, Illidan says, the talking near the end was a classic chess scene. Yeah. yeah.
3: Mm, very Great much point. so.
0: Yes, very good point actually. Um, a underscore DJ underscore named underscore SU says, with RDJ DJ and Evans gone, Feige has elevated Hillston to their level now to help fill that void. This amazing finale felt like an event. Watching it, Geek Buddies, you're the best online review show.
1: Discussions unlike Aww. any other Another. And I appreciate you all. I, I did. I actually got in an argument with someone recently who uh, said mm-hmm. that they thought that that Marvel had peaked with Endgame because mm-hmm. they were not going to have, they didn't have a deep enough bench. That they had already told their Cap stories, their Iron Man, their Thor, their Hulk, uh, and that like there wasn't enough there. And I was like, "Are you crazy?" Between the way yeah. that they've elevated Wanda, Vision, Sam, Bucky, Loki within these series, right. and with all the other characters that. Older comic book fans might not know, but younger fans are certainly excited for. I think they've got, even not even getting into the mutants, which is a whole other thing, they've right. got a pretty deep bench. And I, I totally agree that the way they've elevated these characters in the shows is pretty fantastic. And the fact that we are all as invested in these stories as we were with anything that was happening with like the big four. Yeah,
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And wouldn't it be funny if the first villain of the MCU... Is the hero of this next phase of the MCU and brings (laughs) everything back together. And who better to put it Mm. on than Tom Hiddleston, who's a phenomenal actor? Um, Fantastic 314 says I thought the timekeepers were dead, but was so happy that the architect painted himself into a multi million year corner and finally decided he's tired of it all (laughs) and was looking for a way out.
3: (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's great,
3: Fred. That was funny.
0: all right pierre e jowdy says i agree with mike that song hit me in all the right places a great way to tie everything together that's right uh the uh, captain america with uh, the
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: chris taylor says in season two do we see captain america i mean he messed with time Ooh, and is what? this a variant of captain america that's dancing with peggy versus
1: you know people had questions well- I mean, technically, what we sort of learned by the end of this season is that uh, it—you can mess with time,
3: yeah. and the TVA
1: is not going to come after you. The TVA has one goal, and that's to prevent mm-hmm. other Kangs. I mean, there was a like—if yes. you like, like, there's not just one timeline. There's like, oh, there's a timeline with an alligator Loki and a. For mm-hmm. Frog Thor and mm-hmm. like there's lots of different timelines that are acceptable and even at the beginning when Ravona was like when Loki tried to pin uh, Everything on the Avengers and she was yeah. like the yeah. Avengers were fine. What they did was cool. What you did yeah. is a problem The reason what he did was a problem is because that our Loki meeting Sylvie is a Nexus event that leads directly to Kang All Kang really cares mm-hmm. about is pruning any timeline that leads to a Kang You can do mm-hmm. lots of stuff that create timelines that don't yeah. make a Kang and that's yeah. cool yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, I like um, the idea too that that the timeline where Cap goes back in time did create another timeline yeah. because we already saw a bunch of stuff that happened with Peggy Carter in the Agent Carter series that right. doesn't include, you know, uh, Steve. Steve Rogers. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I That's like. A great it. point,
0: Emma. Yeah. Uh Ever Ever Brown says I love these four. This was the four I started out watching with WandaVision and y'all are the best. Oh. Mm-hmm. Thank you Ever. It's very kind of you. Uh Jonathan Yara is calling out Emma here. He says Emma, why is Luke being in the climax of the Mandalorian finale bad, but Kang in the Loki finale good?
3: Ooh. Because. Break it down, Emma. Because Luke in the Mandalorian season finale is fan service. Kang in the WandaVision or or the whatever the show we're talking about is the Loki (laughs) show, show, you know, Loki. Him being in the finale of this was handled, again, it was better written. It was handled in a way where he was truly a character who was adding something to the journey of these two characters, these two Lokis, and also is a major player going Mm -hmm. forward. And it was setting us up for a second season, whereas, like, I don't hate, luke being in the the mandalorian um two season finale like i like this is the thing is like i think people want me to say like because i said it didn't do anything for me people are like oh you hated it and i'm like no i didn't hate it it just i wasn't really emotionally uh like i, I wasn't um i wasn't emotionally affected by it because yeah. i was like i really loved where Luke's storyline went in The Last Jedi. To me that was so satisfying and he and basically, you know, was a really great expansion and exploration of mm-hmm. the character of Luke, much in the way that I feel this was a really uh like interesting exploration and set up of the character who we know to at some point the actor anyway who we know at some point will be playing the character of Kang. So Yeah, right. Yeah.
0: One is Deux Ex Machina. Another is an actual character that's going to be part of all these shows going forward. Exactly. Uh, Great point, Emma. Great points. Demon Lord Illidan says, also Kang made it so that magic wouldn't work in the TVA, but not at his base? Plot hole or hubris? Right. Because uh was able to transform him out. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I I think hubris. I don't think it was... A plot, especially if we're going with the idea. And I think we're all a little bit on the same page about this, which is the idea of, uh, that he knew that yeah. Sylvie was going to kill him.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I think he I allowed think, magic to be there. So he could do that. Yeah. Mike, sorry. Go ahead. No, I
1: was going I was going to say the same thing. Oh. I think, uh, I think this was all by, by his design. I mean, he yes. didn't seem too upset yeah. watching the fight. He didn't seem too mm-hmm. upset when she stabbed him. Like, he knew this was going to go down because it's gone down. Well, in my opinion, it's gone down before. Like I think the multiversal yeah. war that we're about to have is the same multiversal war that we had, and we're on yeah. a big circle here. Yeah.
2: yeah, and also in the TVA, um, he he needs the TVA to run, and he's not there. Yeah. So like, you can have whatever magic you want to have in the Citadel. He but he he can counteract that. He's right. not physically in the TVA to do that.
0: Right. Yeah. I love his Steve Martin in Little Shop of Horrors impression when Sylvie was
2: about
1: to kill him. He was like, Whoa, this is happening. Uh all right, Trim That's Destroy... Bill, Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Oh, what did I say? Did I say Bill Steve, Murray? Bill Murray does oh, that. I, I, to thought I, Steve yes. I thought I said Agamemnon, my when- bad.
0: I thought I said Agamemnon. When all right, Trim <laughs> Destroy <laughs> brian cox <laughs> uh trim destroyer says i got chills at the end of the episode when loki sees the kang statue reminded me of the original planet of the apes ending oh trim yeah, 100 percent. one of our people also felt that way as well um he thought he was the only person who felt that way fj lopez I, 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 says I did. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys and gals uh screen crush thinks that steve started the multiverse when he stayed with peggy oh but oh he said Oh, shit. He said, I thought that that makes sense because Steven Peggy's endgame scene probably happens at the same time as episode six and their song is played at the beginning of the episode. God damn. Shout out to Screen Crush, man. Shout out to them. Any thoughts, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen? I'm
1: I'm timelining in my brain, but uh, Loki in... Endgame game gets pulled away da, 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 yeah. da, that kind of makes sense i mean oh yeah. you know what well you know and you know what i what did occur to me that did not occur to me i'm not going to try okay. like that that is actually really really smart but yeah. It did occur to me as I, we, we all know because we've discussed it forever, uh, that we've all debated about the end game. Like, what happened with Steve? Is this in our timeline? Is it a separate timeline? Can he be in a separate timeline? The writers said one thing, the Russo brothers mm. said another thing. They never really clarified it. And I'm realizing, I've realized in the past like two, two days, that I think they didn't clarify it because of this, potentially. Like I think that whether or not this is actually the thing that started it, I think they knew broadly, Mm -hmm. not specifics, but they knew broadly Mm -hmm. where they were gonna go with Loki and -hmm. that Kang was gonna be their next Mm -hmm. big bad and that they were gonna build a multiverse. And so I think the idea that like, whether or not it's this or that didn't really matter because even though it didn't obey the time travel rules that Bruce explains in Endgame, Mm -hmm. Now that we're in a multiverse, the whole all the bets are off anyway.
0: Yeah, is Feige Kang? I wonder. Um,
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Liz With his Sub says, baseball cap. Yeah, right. He's got all.
0: I, I knew you. I knew you were going to do that. Uh, Liz Sub says, "I hated that the big bad was some dude we never met or even really referenced. I only knew it was Kang because of y'all's videos. Because I never read the comics, and I'm supposed to care about him at all? Nope. I'm mad. I stayed up late for that. Infuriating. All right."
1: So I hear you. So I hear you. I will say just like to play devil's advocate. uh, I'm sorry you stayed up. I hope you get some sleep tonight. (laughs) But to play devil's advocate, I do think that, again, you knew it was Kang because you've been watching our videos and it's all we've been fucking talking about. Mm -hmm. But if you didn't know any of this, if you were not a Marvel comic book person, the fact that they get to the end of the road and it's just some dude and he challenges them and explains everything out. Uh, I think that's kind of cool. I hear what you're saying. And, like, yeah. it, it, it could they have, I, I think they were in a bind because if they had hinted at it any more than they did, all the hardcore nerds would have been, like, mm, obvious. And if they hinted, <laughs> but if they hinted to it less, it's like, I think they're in a damned if you do and damned if you don't. So I hear you. And I do understand why people are frustrated with it. But I think if you just take it as its own thing for this episode, mm-hmm. uh, I still, I personally still think it's pretty neat. Yeah. 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 All right, let's keep going here.
0: Uh, Haskell four twenty. Oh no, ask a skewed one donated. Thank you, skewed. Appreciate that. Uh, Haskell four twenty has two. So I'll read them back to back. He says, mm-hmm. "Hey gang, part one of two. First, y'all have crushed it this year with the review shows. Ah, oh, thanks, Haskell. Please do them also for what if. Yeah, there's no way we're not doing the what if ones so, <laughs>
2: uh,
0: because those are going to be amazing. This just hit me. Sylvie sent Loki back to the TVA, but it looks like an alternate." alternate timeline tba so maybe we'll see in season two ravona went through her door through her doorway that leads to the evil king we will eventually see and we'll see their romance blossom maybe they will bring that comic arc into mcu canon what do you guys think yes maybe anything
1: possible? Think, yeah i think i think the fact that ravona is in search of the character that we know she is romantically linked to in the comics mm. means mm. it's a pretty safe bet that that's going to become a thing. And and, and yeah. Ravona's yeah. probably going to have a pretty cool arc. Like, I'm excited that yeah. she wasn't just uh, I, I like where they're going with her, that she wasn't just a one-off villain or a character they threw in there and like, oh, let's give her the name of the character from the comic. But she's definitely got more to do in season two. So I think it's yes. going to be really neat. Yeah.
0: Yes, um, absolutely. Um, let's see, Andre, and plus, she's so dedicated to making that thing work, yeah. She will transfer those feelings to Kang, yeah, blindly loyal, exactly. Andreas IB, and what's a cult without a blindly loyal person? Mm -hmm. I'm looking at you, Allison Mack, anyway. All right, Andreas IB says, uh, Loki's love metaphor foreshadows Sylvie's kiss, betrayal slash trick.
1: Oh, the love is a dagger, the love Love is a is a dagger. Ooh, maybe. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, maybe I, like I now, oh my god, kudos to you because when we get done with this review, I am absolutely going back and pulling up that the, the Lamentous episode and yeah. listening to their discussion about love, uh, yeah. and see how it ties into what happens in the finale. I think that's really, really smart. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Would you? I'm with it. Uh, Angela Dashner says, "Thank you.
0: Love these discussions of the shows. Absolutely loved Loki, and can't wait to see where the show goes. Any guesses on how Loki will be in Doctor Strange? Thanks for all you guys do. Mm. Yeah, thoughts, i thought you all on on uh, where we think how Loki will be in Doctor Strange because it well, hasn't been confirmed. I mean, it's been rumored, it hasn't right. been confirmed. But the only down-
2: antagonist they've announced for yeah. that is Baron Mordo." Like right. He, right. He's right. the only villain right. thus far. So well, I don't think I would Loki say, be a villain. I
0: don't what's think, that? I don't think Loki's going to be a villain. Well, no,
2: no, I'm just yeah. saying in terms no. of like just an antagonist oh, like an I antagonist. Like we, we don't know who who Doctor Strange like all we know yeah. is Doctor Strange and Wanda mm-hmm. Wong and what? Christine Christine mm-hmm. Palmer Rachel yeah. McAdams' character. Yeah, That's yeah. all we know, definitely, who's in it. So yeah. I would say no one is off the table
3: mm-hmm. at this point. Alligator okay. Loki, all the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. yeah. I'm. Well, it's curious. I mean, this is where Marvel gets in. I mean, look, they've done an amazing job, but this is where it kind of gets weird, is that depending on when how it all takes place, like, mm-hmm. we we just left Loki on an oh-shit moment. Yes. And the oh shit moment is on a season finale means you get to season two and you pick up where you left off and it's like, oh shit, what's going on? Um, If he is in fact in Doctor Strange 2, like it's going to be interesting to see how whatever is there kind of fits between seasons. Like do yeah. we find out that, for example, B-15 and Mobius like just threw him in a cell because they didn't know what to do with him right. and Doctor Strange talks to him in the cell and we get that information so that we know that when we get to season two he's in a cell. Like it's gonna be interesting to see how oh, the pieces point. fit together. Yeah that's oh. actually a
0: way around it. That's a great point. Yeah. And um,
1: that Loki hasn't met Doctor
0: Strange. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yep. Good point. Oh you're right. I didn't think about that. Yep. Okay. All right. Let's see. Let's move on to the next one here. Southern Bell Reviews. Oh shout out to you. Uh yeah. so was Sylvie next was Sylvie's Nexus oh, so was Sylvie Nexus event to kill he who remains did ravona did ravona let her go on purpose when she was a kid cuz she knew what would happen right we mentioned that in our review yeah. how she let her go pretty quickly so did ravona let that happen back when she was a 6 year old we've seen that flashback she didn't chase after her or anything so was this all part of what was supposed to happen what do you guys think
2: I think the way it turned out, no. Um, I think at the time there there was certainly like a lot of speculating based off of that hesitation. But I also think that hesitation was probably just filmmaking. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I do wonder what like that Nexus event on Lamentis. Like we talked about that connection, but also was it that they were about to die? Yeah. I mean,
1: right. right. I mean, I, I don't know what her. Well, I think that. Yeah, I, I think that her. I don't know what her nexus event was in Asgard when she was a kid. I don't know what the yeah. moment was, but clearly, uh, you know, she Kang had her in his sights. And the lamentous moment is definitely like when those two connect, because like L- Sylvia and Loki are running around together for most of the episode. It's not that they're yeah. together, but when they connect. The fact that they have this emotional bond, that's what shoots it straight up because that's like, that's what leads them directly to Kang. Like, they would yeah. never have been able to go into the, she would have never pruned herself for him. He would have never right. stood next to her mm-hmm. and right. given his power to Eliath. Like, the two of them having that bond is the nexus event because it goes directly to Kang. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, I'd be curious. And I, and I wonder if we will find out in season two more about Sylvie's past. That's Good point. Uh, All right. Genghis Connie says, did Sylvie push Loki into a different
0: branch slash universe or did the timeline already change? Is it the same difference?
3: Ooh, I think it's the same difference. Like I do think that Sylvie probably thought that she was pushing Loki into a version of the TVA that she was familiar with, but because, time is not a straight line and it all exists at once. She'd already killed this version of whoever yeah. Jonathan Majors is, he who remains. And so that already created this multiverse situation.
1: Okay, anybody else? Yeah, I mean, I don't think, cause I saw some people thinking like, I saw someone somewhere say, did Sylvie purposely send him into an alternate timeline? I don't think Sylvie knows anything about so, alternate no. timelines. Yeah. But I think she was just like, I'm gonna get you out of the way cause I'm gonna mm-hmm. do what I need to do. I'm gonna send you back to the TVA. Uh, not realizing that because the second that time changed it, the TVA just completely transformed.
0: Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, Let's see here. We got uh, uh, Gregory Jensen. Great season finale. Best yet of the MCU episodic shows. Thanks for breaking all these down for us, geek buddies. Will we see Dr. Strange in season two?
3: Man. I maybe maybe. you know, It'll I'm depend
1: on how that. his movie ends up. Yeah,
3: exactly. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so it remains to be seen.
1: I just, I, I think he'll be tired. I love all the memes in the past day. <laughs> <laughs> just like fucking Doctor Strange has got like between Scarlet Witch uh, with her book up in like where up in the mountains becoming like the most powerful magic wielder ever yeah. and Loki over here dealing with Kang and the multiverse mm. that just blossomed and Peter Parker showing up being like, hey, Doctor Strange, can you help me out? Like he has got his fucking hands. yeah agreed agreed um angela Dashner, oh my god thank you
0: angela for a very kind super chat says thank you love these discussions of the shows absolutely love loki and can't wait to see where the show goes any guesses on how loki will be in doctor strange oh we already answered that (laughs) one didn't we oh sorry about that guys sorry about that uh brian brawler says yo y'all are killing it that's all i gotta say this ending was straight fire Thank you, Brian, and thank you for the kind donation as well. And Derek Johnson says, Sorry I was late, but I'm here now, buddies. Marvel keeps feeding me and I keep eating. Always great day when you guys are on live. Oh, thanks, Derek. Aw. Very kind. Um, uh, Gregory Jensen, yeah, I already got him, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, Lawrence from Alaska. Oh. <laughs> Lawrence from Alaska says, Do you think Wanda hearing her children's voices is due to the formation of this multiverse shown in Loki?
1: Oh. I read that somewhere and I really like it. And I when you combine that, when you combine that with the Steve uh although I guess that doesn't co- So it's either one or the other. Like either mm-hmm. like uh the timeline doesn't work out for both, but I like the idea that uh look, don't forget that we've talked a lot about nexus events in uh, yeah. Loki because it's all over the place, but the first time that we heard the word nexus was in a little commercial on WandaVision for Nexus yes. antidepressants. Great point. Because Wanda, because Wanda, in the comics, is a Nexus being, yes. a character that can wield, a kind of like, is a anchor point for her uh, reality in the multiverse. So, uh, so the fact that she is sort of a Nexus being, and in the comics, her kids uh, are also tied to being real nexus beings and really important and everything. So um, whether or not her hearing her kids was tied to the creation of the multiverse or not, her journey with Tommy and Billy, I think is very much tied to what's going on in Loki.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I would, I would, I like the Steve Peggy theory better because Mm. just based off what I'm remembering, but. Just based he, off because of, you a big
1: old softy because you a softy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just based off of uh, Wanda's reaction as she was kind of going through in her astral form as she was kind of yeah. going through the book, she, it doesn't seem like that's the first time she heard those voices. Yeah, that's yeah. just me.
0: That's a good point. It's a good point. Uh, let's see if there's anybody else. Uh, no, those are uh, all the super chats and the streamlabs. If I didn't read your super chat, please put it uh, down here uh in the comments oh sorry not in the comments but in the uh, chat for the next few minutes as we're wrapping up uh and speaking of uh dr strange and speaking of uh Loki season two speaking of kang and speaking of wanda i mean what is gonna happen here
1: uh, <laughs> that's what i'm saying look at strange doctor strange home.
0: look at king like, yeah he was at,
1: he was he was just running his errands. He stopped by Home Depot to get some things oh for God. the for the Sanctum <laughs> Santorum. He got Kang and Loki oh. and Sylvie and Wanda all waiting for him with those knives. Oh, like this God. is he's having a rough day. This no, you can tell
2: he, his his air conditioner is broken. He's coming yes. back to fix it. That's why he's yes. dabbing his forehead.
3: <laughs> he's got to call Sears. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh man, great stuff! All right, uh, let's wrap <laughs> up here in the next seven minutes talking about what we expect to see next in the MCU. Uh, well, well, let's start with you. What do you see coming? I mean, they've laid the groundwork here for Kang to be the big baddie throughout this
1: thing. What do you think we go? Where do you think we go from here? I mean, holy shit, guys! Well, first of all, I think it's starting to become more apparent why. The Eternals uh, are going to get involved now. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it's, it's, and this is what Marvel does so well, which is the idea that there was somebody that wielded a gauntlet who could snap his fingers and wipe out half of existence seemed like a pretty big deal at the time. But now, (laughs) but now you look at what Kang or the Kang gang or however you want to refer to them. Is uh okay. is is potentially able to do, and it makes Thor it makes Thanos look so insignificant. And yeah. so you start to see like how the Eternals fits into everything. Beyond that, uh, you know, we know already, because we've all been talking about it forever, but we know that Spider-Man No Way Home is a multiverse issue. Mm-hmm. Spider yeah. mm-hmm. Doctor Strange 2 in the multiverse of madness we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Ant-Man Quantumania is where we are going to meet some other version of Kang, because we know he's the bad guy in that movie. Mm -hmm. And then you got Fantastic Four coming along. um, And and as I was saying, the fact that Reed Richards is, I I think we'd all been discussing this offline. I didn't think Mm -hmm. they were gonna get into the Reed Richards related to Nathaniel Richards, who is a Kang and everything else. Mm -hmm. But now looking at the timeline of everything rolling out, uh, it does seem like that's gonna be the case. And it does seem, um, I was arguing with someone earlier, when you get into an argument about free will versus determination Mm. most creative people end up siding with free will so i do think that the ultimate battle here is going to be how do you keep yourself safe from kang's and still maintain your free will um, which i think is going to be a big theme theme in season two of loki and is also going to be a big mega theme in the mcu going forward great points uh emma what do you want to see what do you think we're going to see
3: look i i love uh some weird uh timeline multiverse kind of
0: <laughs> stuff
3: uh i'm ready for that i am uh there's definitely going to be too many spider-men um yeah. in, in the, the the new spider-man film um yeah i i mean again like i feel like we are in a scenario wherein like it's it's gloves off at this point yeah and That's what we're going to see going forward. And again, like, I think that whatever happens as far as Loki season two goes, which I'm very, very excited about. And I think, Roka, did you tweet that you were interested to know if they had, like, shot all of them in one go, seasons one and two together? Right. Um, Right. And, and, you know, how direct the continuation is going to be, or is it going to be something that is vastly different based Mm. on the way that the films go from here? So, I mean, it's a... It's it's the wild wild west out there, and uh, I'm ready for it. Yeah, and
0: and, you know uh, some people are like, oh, they did this so they could start writing, you know, more interesting stories or interesting, and they have a so they can play with everything and not have to be tied to canon. Oh no no, quite the opposite. They've set up 35 high wires, and you are out there to walk them at different times. And if they get it wrong, there's no net. There's no net in the Marvel universe. So, uh, Shannon, what do you expect to see here uh, in this uh, next phase of the MCU after we've gotten this end for Loki? well the whole multiverse side that's still only
2: one part of it like there yeah. are other corners point, that yeah. are going to be taking place like you know we have the fallout <laughs> from falcon and winter soldier yeah um we have uh Chi coming up you you have hawkeye which is about as street level as you're gonna get i'm pretty yeah. sure that we're not gonna see any variants of hawkeye and kate bishop pop up so the 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 way that the universe, or the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, has branched out, um, it, it is. I, I hope it doesn't become unwieldy. Uh, yeah. Apparently, Kevin Feige, like they, they had had someone had said that they had had a meeting where he kind of took some of the creatives through the rules of the multiverse. Like, <laughs> here's what you can do, here's what you can't do. Um, and yeah. seeing how he sort of shepherded the first three phases, I. And what we've got so far, I think we're in pretty good hands.
1: Yeah. Well, Mike? No, I I think Shannon makes a really good point that we should all remember, which is the way to think of it is like our main timeline, the timeline that we've been on for this entire road so far, just because the multiverse exists doesn't mean everything is automatically intersecting it looks like mm-hmm. that's what's going to happen to spider-man in some way shape or form right. but um but it doesn't mean that all of a sudden everywhere that you go in every movie there's variants and characters from other movies popping up or other universes because that would literally collapse the marvel universe in a minute so yeah. the characters that are more grounded characters like a hawkeye or a sam wilson's captain america or mm-hmm. a shang chi like they're going to be still living their lives on our you know our our, our normal MCU timeline. While other characters like Wanda, like Doctor Strange, like Loki are going to be dealing with this bigger thing. And Kang, in whatever version, in whatever uh, ultimate version he takes, isn't going to all break through at once. Like He will be doing whatever he needs to do and they'll create rules the same way that there was a we need to collect all the stones of the Infinity Gauntlet and then build to a oh shit, here's where it really gets crazy. Yeah, yeah,
0: great point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we've got a, um, a shot of uh, of, uh, of what that might look like for sure, uh, you know, from what Kevin Feige, when he was meeting with the writers for the new phase, is right <laughs> uh, to all of them to make sure they get what he's talking about yes, and what he wants yes. to see going forward. So Folks,
2: for, for all of our audience, Johnny used Johnny is still an actor. Johnny is a very good actor. So I was genuinely, I'm like, ooh, what is he about to show up? <laughs>
1: You know, just a little entertainment know. for everybody. It's been a well, Johnny, it's a, Johnny, Johnny, yeah. Johnny's a good. Johnny's a good actor, and Shannon's gullible. It's, it's a little, oh, little of this, oh, a little of that.
0: Oh, really, Mephisto? Uh, he's gullible. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's wrap this up and get on out of here. i got to get oh, to a boy. screening. Thank you all so much for joining us for this live spoiler review of Loki um, uh, Season 1. Uh, and the person we thank the most is the great, lovely, talented, and brilliant Emma Five. For joining us on this journey. Thank you, Thank Emma. You. Thank and please you plug away so everything you've got.
3: Yeah. So um, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, everywhere, Twitch at Emma Fife. Twitch is obviously twitch.tv slash Emma Fife. Um, I have some cool stuff coming up that I can't talk about um, just yet. So, you know, make sure you're following me on social media and you'll hear all about it.
0: So, <laughs> and thanks again, Emma. It's It's been a joy. Of course, to, no, this, this has been you. an
3: absolute delight. Uh, yeah. WandaVision and Loki for me both just like happened at the exact Moments in my own emotional mm. journey through this year that I needed them uh, and it was an absolute joy to be here and discuss them with all of y'all. Thanks so much.
0: It's awesome. Uh, uh, Shannon, what do we have to tell them?
3: Yeah, you'd like to
2: follow us on social media on Twitter, it's at Geek underscore Buddies on Instagram at The underscore Geek underscore Buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung on Instagram at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to uh, follow at Tune and possibly get negged like John and I did just now. <laughs> <laughs> MK tunes. <laughs> if you'd like to follow a lovely gentleman who I've been best oh. friends with for years, oh. follow John Roca oh. at the Roca. Oh.
1: Oh. Oh. <laughs> very kind of you. Yes, thank you, um, Mikey. What do we have to tell him? <laughs> Well, the multiverse is here. So if you are on this timeline or if you're on another timeline where there's a nicer version of Shannon and John who actually are my friends, uh, we're glad that you're here and we're glad that we now have a multiverse of buddies who can join us. And here is how you can help us. Uh, You can smash that like button below. uh, Subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page. There's tons of great content. Lots of Geek Buddies reviews. Lots of Geek Buddies weekly shows. And lots of all the other shows that John does. I don't know how he does it. There must be a lot of variants (laughs) running around to get it all done Um, if you are listening to us on anchor or Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anywhere where podcasts are available uh, go ahead and leave us some stars leave us some comments it helps us out definitely leave some comments below we will love to check this out what did you think of the review what did you think of the finale what do you think of the MCU what do you think of Kang like there are so many theories that are gonna be flying around and we want to know what yours are Uh, the best thing that you guys can do is obviously retweet this video post it on all your social media outlets tell everybody to check us out. We love doing this. Uh, We love that our world of buddies with Emma and Laura and Kalinowski and everybody else keeps growing. We want to keep doing this. We love talking with you guys. We love doing the live shows and we want to keep doing it. So help us out and uh, help us help you. (laughs) <laughs> oh, great. Tom Cruise
0: once said, and please remember our, our, our main show went up yesterday. It is there for you all to watch and enjoy. And we'll be doing, uh, the last, the, the previous two episodes of, uh, of the bad batch. We'll be reviewing them on Sunday with Laura Kelly. So be aware of that coming out later this week as well. One last super chat came or one last stream came in. I want to give it Gator mm-hmm. Loki rules. All, uh, says you're all as wonderful as the best variant Gator Loki. Quit- oh. quick <laughs> thought free will always exists this king just found a way to control his own outcome by using and abusing like any dictator the war only happens because of the kings they're all villains Ooh interesting points. all right i like it something more to chew on uh roca who remains absolutely yes agreed all right thank you everyone (laughs) we're gonna get on out of here and please as michael said share this video you know as i learn more and more about youtube the first 24 hours of any video are really really important so please share it tell people about it because we want to start popping up on these uh, on these uh, uh, um, uh, what do you call it uh, suggested videos yeah. for people to watch. So we want to post. The, we want the algorithm to start suggesting us. So it takes your help sharing it all over the place, telling your friends about it. The first twenty four hours, it's really important. So just wanted to reiterate that. All right, we're out of here. Take care of yourselves. Be well. We love you, and we'll talk to you next time. Another brand new episode or review episode from the Geek.
2: Buddies!